It's six o'clock, I'm Simon Oxley. The headlines, critical report into Bedfordshire Police, Oscar Pistorius released from prison and Milton Keynes YMCA struggling to cope. BBC Three Counties Radio. Bedfordshire Police have been criticised in a report by a government watchdog for the second year running. Her Majesty's Inspectorate of Constabulary says it requires improvement in various areas to make it more efficient. Chief Constable John Boucher says the report is simply further evidence that Bed's Police requires further funding. More from Jessica Cooper. The so-called Peel report says Bedfordshire is struggling to meet the public's needs in some important areas. It needs to improve how it uses its resources in making sure its workforce model is sustainable and in its planning for the short and long term. Meanwhile, Hertfordshire and Thames Valley, which covers Buckinghamshire, are rated good in most areas and outstanding in their planning. The South African athlete Oscar Pistorius has been released from jail on parole a year into a five-year sentence for the manslaughter of his girlfriend Reva Steenkamp. He'll spend the next four years under a form of house arrest at his uncle's home. The YMCA in Milton Keynes, which offers housing to young homeless people, says it's struggling to help the increasing numbers turning up on its doorstep while it loses its council funding. More from Nicola Hazler. Last year, around a 1,000 people went to the YMCA hostel in Milton Keynes asking for shelter. They have 143 beds, so many were turned away. A recent report on Milton Keynes showed that homelessness in the town has quadrupled in the past year. The YMCA have told us that as from April next year, they will no longer receive any funding from the council and will have to increase their low rents, which enable young people to apply for work. Milton Keynes Council says it's unfortunate, but the budget has to be cut somewhere. Tata Steel is expected to confirm today that it's cutting 1,200 jobs in Scunthorpe and Lanarkshire. The news is the latest in a series of job losses across the steel sector that are being blamed partly on cheap imports from China. David Cameron has said he'll raise the issue with the Chinese president, who arrived in Britain last night for a state visit. The East of England Ambulance Service have apologised and launched an investigation after a Watford man was left waiting for an ambulance with broken bones in the cold for nearly two hours. Omar Ramzan, who's 34, fell over a rake in his garden, breaking both his arm and leg. Bedford Free School say councillors have voted against their planning application for a rooftop extension at the town centre school. The decision was made by Bedford Borough councillors last night, even though officers recommended it. The school could now appeal, having successfully appealed against the council in 2012, so they could continue at their Caldwell Street site. In sport, Luton's departing captain Steve McNulty says the Hatters can win promotion without him. McNulty has returned to the North West for family reasons to join Tranmere. You know, they've started slowly off Saturday, but I thoroughly believe that they will go on and get promoted this year. And you know, that was a hard thing, hard thing leaving. You know, when when I do believe, you know, deep down, that they are going to promote it as well. The weather cloudy this morning with a chance of a shower. Sunny spells this afternoon. A maximum temperature 15 degrees Celsius. And you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk/threecounties. <coughs>
Nothing formal. She's in the corner, look quite normal. Empty glass, bold as brass, pinch me hang about. Music to make lunch too. And relax. The perfect music for your afternoon. Across beds, parts and bugs. This is Guggen Garawal on BBC Three Counties Radio. Satellite of love. 
Including somebody else auditioning for the part of Kelly Betts. Today, the part of Kelly Betts will be played by Rabina Rosie. 03459 455 555. More on that anon. Now, a new report claims that Bedfordshire Police will struggle to maintain an acceptable level of service in the future. A fortnight ago, the force was told it won't receive any extra funding from the government despite asking for more. Well, now Her Majesty's Inspector of Constabulary says Bedfordshire's reduced police officer numbers to a level unable to meet current or future demands and is calling for rapid improvement. Well, Dr Louise Westmoreland is a senior lecturer in criminology at the University, uh, the Open University and joins me now. Morning, Louise. This is a ridiculous morning. time in the morning, so I appreciate you, uh, you joining us. Um, Bedfordshire being told to improve efficiency. We've been told by them that they are already stretched and there are more cuts to come. Is it realistic? Well, I mean, I, I, I don't uh, usually defend the police, but in this case, I think they're right because they've had uh, 20% cuts over the last few years. I mean, as all public services have, we all know that. Um, they're a small force. They're really struggling. Um. Why are the forces being stretched so much? Is it is it simply all of the cuts that are being made? Austerity? Well, yes, mostly. I mean, they've been having, you know, 20% cuts five year, cuts year on year, as, as lots of public services have been. But the problem with policing is that, um, you know, it's very difficult to manage the demand on policing. So at a university, you have cuts, well, fewer students in. With the police, people still keep ringing 999. So it's very hard to manage what the what the inspectors are calling the demand. You know, how do you stop people calling the police when they need them? I guess the question that, that, that will be around my listeners is, are they safe or will their safety be brought, you know, um, into question later on? Well, they're, they're not... The inspectors are not directly talking about safety. They're talking about sort of the sustainability in the future years. So, for instance, Bedfordshire are going to have to start drawing on their savings, as a lot of people have had to do, you know, in times of hardship. And they're worrying that... Um, it's a model that can't go on for years and years because obviously your savings run out, so they're drawing on what they call the reserves. Um, but it's not really about safety, it's more about financial planning. Um, and what is the point of, of these kind of reports? Do they help the public understand the pressures that the police are facing or do they just make them think, oh, our local police force are rubbish? Well. They're a bit dry, aren't they? I mean, I've just been reading through them the last couple of days. They are very dry and difficult um, in some ways to understand. I think um, I think what the public needs to take from this is that the, the police are going to be harder, more difficult um, 
they're going to be facing more difficult financial situations. So, for instance, if you're if you're burgled and and it's a straightforward um, housebreak and, and and there's no evidence and there's no you know forensics or anything, probably you'll just get a phone call saying, "I'm sorry, you know, can you fill this form in, please?" And, and that'll be it. You won't get a visit. You know, in the old days, you'd expect the CID to turn up or something. Mm. You know, it's that kind of thing. Um, a lot more work will be done by you know over the phone and things like that. But I mean, Bedford is a difficult position because it's such a small force as well. So they're feeling it more, you know, it's like a big company versus a small company. Um, you know, you're going to feel it more in, in, in small companies. They're not doing they're not doing anything wrong. It's just it's just force of circumstance. I mean, you might argue that forces like Bedfordshire are going to be unsustainable in the future, especially in the south of England, where costs are high um, per, per person. Well, I mean, to give them credit, Bedfordshire are good, doing a good job on um, officer costs per, per individual. You know, it's lower than other forces. So, no, it's, it's, the public don't need to worry. It's more about future planning and what's going to happen in the next sort of five years or so if austerity continues. Louise, I really appreciate... I'm going to move on. I appreciate your thoughts this morning. Thank you. It's Dr. Louise Westmoreland, who's a senior lecturer in criminology at the Open University. 03459 455 555. This morning, Catherine, we're asking. Thank you very much, Louise. Oh. Oh, look, Catherine's polite to the guests after they've been on. Are you polite to all the guests after they've been on? Nope. Excellent. That's that's great news. Um, so, Kelly Betts is leaving at the end of the month. Um, Commentary and what? Oh, flip it. Oh, blimey. Oh, blimey. Let me. I, I don't know if I've still got this message on my phone. So I come out after having a steam, right? Um, let me see if I got this message. I come out after having a steam and I get a message on my phone. This is how the message starts. Hang on a minute. Hang on. Hang on. Hi, Ian. It's Rosie Ethan here. I'm calling from BBC Coventry and Warwick. Oh, bloody! <laughs> oh, bloody! Oh, I was panicking because, of course, we've been... I, I didn't know if it was a secret or not that Kelly Betts is going to work at the excellent BBC Coventry and Warwickshire as uh, head of catering services. Mm-hmm. She'd be counting chips. Yeah, so I got a message from them. I was, yeah, I was terrified. Oh, we Somebody who works there said, oh, really pleased to hear that you're coming to join us. Uh, fantastic. <laughs> You know, can I give you one little tip, although you won't need it by after this month? Mm. The, the, the microphone actually means other people can hear your voice, not just your head. What? The, that microphone in front of you, yeah. if you speak actually into it... It's for Rosie, though. Rosie's me. But I'm then don't actually... speak. Okay. Um, but they didn't want to congratulate me on breaking the news. They wanted to favour. So, oh, did they? Yes, they did. Oh, did they? Yes, they did. Oh, did they? Oh, shh, shh, shh. Rosie's taking a phone call. It's Tony again. But oh, for those who don't know, Kelly okay. Betts is leaving. Would and like to run that by me? <laughs> she's good. He word is totally Ribena Rosie. Her, run it by her grandfather invented Ribena. Mm. She's auditioning for the show now. I'll be honest. I'm quite happy to go soft on Ribena Rosie. I don't want to. I don't want to be too hard with her. I will. I'm prepared to just just go a little bit soft for her to make it easier for her because her granddad invented Ribena, and I just think it would be a great coup for the show if we had a celebrity working on the show. Wouldn't that be amazing? So we yeah. let's um, let's let's keep our. Uh, okay. Although. Yeah. How'd you get him on? It's it's Tony again. He's worked out she's a soft torch. He's oh. just ringing up for a chat. Oh, flipping it! Hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. Hang on. A minute. I can do. I can deal with. I can deal with this. Hang on a sec. Well, where's he gone? Oh, let me let me move him here. Hang on. I can, there we go. Oh no, Tony! Hang on. Let me do it. I got it. I got him. There we go. Tony, what are you on? Aha. Well, I wanted to congratulate you on an excellent um, show on uh, Saturday evening. You're very, you're, oh, you're very kind. Thank you. And uh, I knew you could do more than two things at once. There you go. You see, that's it. Marks out of ten for the way that Ribena Rosie handled you. 
superbly. She, she handled you superbly. Was she gentle? Yeah. Oh, indeed, indeed. Oh, all right, enjoying that a bit too much, Tony. <laughs> Thank you, buddy. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The M25 is building up anti-clockwise between Junction 21 for the M1 and 19 for Watford. And it's also busy at the M25 Junction 21A roundabout in Bricketwood. And in Neeston on the North Circular Road, it's starting to get busy approaching the Neeston interchange through the roadworks. On the A40 in Beckenfield, there's stop-go boards just before Burke's Road, so that could cause some delays later. And on Amersham Road, it's still quiet at the moment in Chalfont St Giles, but there's roadworks around Mill Lane, which could also cause some delays later on. On the train departure boards, there are no problems at the moment. Samantha Brough, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Sammy. So for the first hour of the show, you phone up, you'll speak to Ribena Rosie. Marks out of ten, please. And you can throw curveballs at her. You know, don't be... Don't just phone... I'd like to talk to Ian about the police, please. You know, you can you can be... You know, you can phone up and say you want to register a complaint. You can... All these things... Don't be too pervy with her, please. 03459 455 555. Bedfordshire police have been criticised in a report by a government watchdog and told to be more efficient. Lucky killer Oscar Pistorius has been released from jail on parole a year into a five-year sentence for the manslaughter of his girlfriend. And the YMCA in Milton Keynes says it's struggling to help the increasing numbers turning up on its doorstep while it's lo- while it loses its council funding. Every weekday morning. Good morning, Jonathan. Morning. Do you think it's right to tell a million disabled people they should get off benefits and find a job. Have your say on today's big phone-in. People who are going to be in nuisance are going to be in nuisance regardless of whether they're thing to do. Is it true that people over the age of 65 drink far too much booze? The JVS show fights for your rights and tackles your consumer problems. Waited and the receipt came out but the cash didn't. It's become a problem of late because obviously the trees got bigger as we got here. We couldn't shut the French windows. It, it would appear that they'd buckled. I had a phone call from my daughter saying if we don't get off the train they're going to hand us over to the British Transport Police. The JVS Show. Weekdays from nine on BBC Three Counties Radio. Excellent stuff indeed. He's a, he is he's a lucky killer. Mm. I'm a lady. I don't want. I want to go on the slab, my lady. I didn't mean to kill her. And now he's, stay, well, he's he's been in prison for like twenty minutes. And now he's staying at his uncle's, flipping it. I, I mean, honestly, honestly, it is. Um, I well, you know. Wonder if his case would have been read differently if he wasn't a sort of multi-millionaire athlete. Uh, oh gosh, don't do you think, guys? Do you think it just strike? That's just the that poor girl's family. Poor girl yeah. and lucky Oscar. He Pistorius is me right off. I think it's incredible, that story. Absolutely incredible, that story. He's now staying at his uncle's house. Admittedly, if I stayed at my uncle's house, that would be worse than prison for many, many reasons. But um, but still, unbelievable. Mm. You, can, you can order, like, pizza. Here's the thing. Go on. I was listening to, um, what's the posh radio? Four. That's the one. Or uh, classic. No, classic's not posh. Radio three. That's that, posher that's, than four, that's isn't posher, it? Three is posher than there four. There is a quiet on Radio 3. Yeah, I don't like that. I, I, I know that. one of the presenters on Radio 3. Do they talk like that? Clemency Burton-Hill. She talks like that. Clemency? Yeah. yeah. What a great oh. name. What a great oh. name. Let's just um, just check. a proper Victorian name. Let's just check how are things going on the outside. Rosie, good? Yeah, well, we think we've got Colin on Fader 4. Oh, I can't uh, hear him anymore. Are you there, Colin? Oh, hang on a second. Let's see. Colin, are you there? Hiya. Yes, I am. Good morning. Colin, a quick question. How how was Rosie for you? Oh, I'm doing a... Uh, brilliant job. 
Okay, what word were you trying to struggle out then? <laughs> Tromantic? <laughs> she was being all tromantic on you. Tromific. What's Trim- between fabulous and tremendous? There we go. Oh, Fan Dabby Dozy. What you got for us, Cole? Well, I would like to ask you a question, you. Yeah, I may, not, I may or may not answer it, but let's see. Well, let, let's see. Why is it you accused the rail guy yesterday of scaremongering over safety fears on the train? Yeah. Yeah, Ollie Martin can come on and say, oh, if we don't get this extra money, we're all at risk from terrorism. If you don't accuse him of scaremongering, which he clearly is doing and clearly has been doing. All right, is he? I think he's on today. Is he, yeah, is he, he on is. today? I'll, 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 do you know what? Fair play, Colin. I'll put that point to him. Fantastic. Fantastic. Uh, and uh, Fantastic. Uh, uh, Catherine, remind me to put that point to him because okay. he's coming on later on today, Colin. And I, I, um, I don't ag- agree with what you're saying, but I take your point on board and I will act on it. How's about that? Brilliant. There yes, is a subtle difference, of course, in what we're saying today because it comes from Her Majesty's Inspector of Constabulary, so that's a kind of yeah, watchdog no, he, he rather than a, a union that has its own motives for saying things. No, but, no, but Ollie Martins has a, has a motive for saying that sure, we're a threat yeah, from terrorism. So, Colin, I'll put it to him later on. Thank you, mate. Cheers. Bye-bye. There we go. It's your BBC. It's your BBC. Um, he's, I, I, I disagree with his point, but I get why he's made that point, and we'll we'll have we'll yeah. have it we'll have it large. We, we will largesse it. I'm going to come out and say, um, I you know, Ollie Martins is fantastic at his job, but he's not the guest I wanted on this one. I wanted to speak to John Boucher because I want to know what the police, you know, the man who is in charge uh, of deploying the police is going to do. Boucher can, only, Boucher can only do in the afternoon. I wonder why. Thinks, oh. thinks. No, because he was all right when he came on with us last time. But I want to hear about the practicalities, not the politics. Uh, well, I mean, we know, we know what Ollie Martins is going to say. We, well, we like Ollie Martins. Sadly, we do in, know what he's going to say, you know. Uh, OK, let's, let's, onwards and upwards, guys. The YMCA in Milton Keynes says it's having to increase its low rents despite increased demand because it's losing council funding. Um, tell us what's happening to the YMCA. OK, so last year we heard that the YMCA Milton Keynes was under threat because the council was planning to withdraw its funding. Well, now that's happening. It's no longer a plan. The grant they get of nearly £200,000 was reduced to £90,000 this year, but next April it's going completely. The hostel provides inexpensive accommodation for 140 people in Milton Keynes. It allows them to be able to take a job, and it'll be a basic job, but they'll be able to hold some of that money back, so we'll yep. have to spend it all on rent. This has pr- proved invaluable to lots of young people in particular who are trying to get back on their feet or get on their feet in the first place who are currently going from, you know, friend's house to friend's house at the moment and desperate to get into work. Now, rent per week at the YMCA at the moment is £13.30. So that gives you an idea of of, of what they're offering. Later on in the programme, we'll be speaking to one young woman who's currently living there and and she'll tell us exactly what it means to her. But the YMCA say that they've been seeing more and more homeless people and more are turning up on their doorstep asking for somewhere to stay. Last year, they say they had around 1,000 people at their door. They were only able to help 250 of them. A further 650 were recorded, and many more who weren't recorded came asking for somewhere to live. So. Um, what does the council say? Well, all councils are being asked to do more for less, so if Milton Keynes Council's budget's being tightened, then they say they've got to cut their spending somewhere. Now, the council says it wants charities like the YMCA to become independent and not to rely on external funding. It says the YMCA is known for a while now that it's funded is going to be cut and they should have a financial plan in place by now and they should be able to operate by charging rent for the properties they own. OK, let's speak now to Julia Upton, who's the Chief Executive of the MK Community Foundation, who support local charities. Um, Julia, um, a recent report by your organisation found that... Hang on, let me get these numbers right. A lot of numbers for this, too early in the morning. 1,250 people were recorded as homeless in Milton Keynes last year, compared to 350 in 2013. Has it really quadrupled, or do we just have more accurate statistics? Um, well, we understand that it actually really has quadrupled, that um, more people are living on the streets and are registered as homeless. 
And I think if you walk around Milton Keynes, particularly central Milton Keynes, it's actually very visible. There are a lot, you know, nearly every underpass has one or two or three people sleeping out rough. If you go around the railway station, you know, a year, two years ago, you might see one or two. Now there are a lot more people sleeping rough. So it's actually visible. And these are the statistics um, that are national statistics and so we have seen an increase in homelessness which we're not really surprised at because there have been so many reductions in um, in cuts for the voluntary sector that really support people so that perhaps they wouldn't be on the streets. Uh, if the YMCA does have to increase it, its rent or off, offer less accommodation what knock-on effect will that have on Milton Keynes do you think? Well more people on the streets but it isn't just about people on the streets, it's then what they do. I mean, what the YMCA is, it does a lot more than just provide homes. It actually provides a huge amount of support, depending on the individual, whether it's supporting them of alcohol and drugs, whether it's supporting them into training and getting on their feet and being able to manage their finances better. You know, they really do signpost people and move them on so that they become independent people and become good members of our society and our community so if they haven't got that support from the ymca and that support that they need to get off the streets where are they going to be but on the streets and then all the social complications that come out that pay that play out there we people don't want to find that their businesses or their shops or when they're walking around the city center or other parts of milton Keynes, that there are a lot of homeless people begging it doesn't make people feel safe and it's, it's not very pleasant but for those poor people on the street there there's the situation that they're already in is just going to get worse whereas the ymca that has an absolute commitment and the expertise to support those people means that that doesn't happen and these people as i say become really good members of our community and society and the council has um, julia the council has told us that age uk in milton Keynes is managing to run its service now that it's lost council funding can't can't the ymca operate more like a business all charities need to operate like a business. We all have to raise our uh, um, income to carry out our good work. But what you're asking, what is the YMCA su- supposed to do? It relies on grants and um, money, rents to support what they do. And I think what the challenge is, is how quickly the funding is being reduced. It would take several years for them to be able to replace that funding. To find it suddenly removed is very dramatic. And so organisations need that opportunity to, to, first of all, be able to invest in developing a more sustainable business model. But to have it removed so quickly and so suddenly um, is very challenging. And in the end, the people that the YMCA are now helping now, if that funding is lost, they will be back on the streets and be causing more challenges for our community, which in turn will cost more money because the local authority has a statutory requirement to fund certain things. And at the moment, um, those people are being supported by charities like the YMCA. But if that funding isn't there to do that work, then in the end, eventually, uh, the council will find that they would have to be doing that work anyway. Julia Upton, thank you very much indeed. I call your name But you're not there Was I to blame For being unfair 
Is Rabina Rosie working? Are you working, love? I'm working. Okay, I've got a text uh, for you from Maff in Hanslope. Can you ask Rabina Rosie what she thinks of Vimto Vicky? Oh, Vimto Vicky, I thought... Is there a rivalry between the two of you? Because her granddad invented Vimto... Really? I oh, know. I thought it was what she thinks of Vimto. How's it? How's it going? How's your 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 Kelly Betts for the next thirty minutes? Oh three four five nine four double five five double five. If you want to give her a rough ride, you're more than welcome to. <laughs> uh, how are you settling in? Are you enjoying yourselves? Yes, yeah, great fun. Okay, that sounded sarcastic. <laughs> Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Getting busier on the M25 anti-clockwise between Junction 21 for the M1 and 19 for Watford. And in Neeston on the North Circular Road, approaching the Neeston interchange, there are queues starting to build up and reaching the M1 at the Staples Corner at the moment because of the roadworks. There's also roadworks in Hatfield on the Great North Road at the junction for St Albans Road East and Ballstag Green. And in Waddesdon on the High Street, that's got temporary traffic lights at the junction for Baker Street, so expect some queues there later on. On the train to Putchboards, the 6.47 train from Stevenage to Peterborough has been cancelled. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 6.30, I'm Simon Oxley. Bedfordshire Police have been criticised in a report by a government watchdog and told to be more efficient. Chief Constable John Boucher says the report is simply further evidence that the force requires further funding. The South African athlete Oscar Pistorius has been released from jail on parole, a year into a five-year sentence for the manslaughter of his girlfriend. And the YMCA in Milton Keynes says it's struggling to help the increasing numbers turning up on its doorstep while it loses its council funding. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Luton's departing captain Steve McNulty says the Hatters can win promotion without him. McNulty has returned to the North West for family reasons to join Tranmere. We'd just like to thank all the fans and everyone connected to, to Luton Town. And, you know, it's been an honour and a privilege to 
not only play what captain the team as well and you know I wish them every success in, in the near future So Scott Cuthbert again leads Luton for tonight's match at home to Leighton Orient Elsewhere in League 2 Wickham could welcome back Sam Wood and Paul Hayes at home to Bottom Club Newport and Stevenage have signed the former Sheffield United and Leeds midfielder Michael Tong ahead of their game at second place Portsmouth In the Championship Milton Keynes Dons travel to Huddersfield with manager Carl Robinson looking to build on Saturday's win against Blackburn What it does it really allows us to catapult ourselves at the back of the international break now and to move forward into a very very productive week and Huddersfield away and QPR away <laughs> I think it's uh, it's going to be a very very difficult four or five days but we're, we've got to make sure that we're ready for it and there's coverage of all tonight's games in three counties sport from seven in the Premier League last night Stoke won 1-0 at Swansea tonight in the Champions League Arsenal host Bayern Munich Chelsea are away to Dynamo Kiev the Rugby World Cup organisers say referee Craig Joubert was wrong to award the crucial late penalty against Scotland in Sunday's quarter-final defeat by Australia more from Chris Jones this is an unprecedented move from World Rugby releasing a statement saying Joubert made an incorrect call awarding Australia their match-winning penalty and instead showed have given a scrum. But there's no mention in the statement of what exacerbated the whole incident, which was Joubert running off the pitch at the final whistle. Because in reality, the decision itself was far from scandalous, with countless slow motion replays needed to determine whether the referee had actually got it right or wrong. Either way, it's hoped these developments won't mean the game is now on a slippery slope when it comes to the authority of and respect towards match officials. BBC Three Counties News and Sports, the next full bulletin is at seven. Sorry?
in the OGs. Tread carefully. But there are a few gems hidden around there. I thought they were LA rockers. Never mind the kings. This is the problem. One of the many problems. You know I have a very bizarre... Oh. Hey! Hey! Leave it, um, um, Avery. Probably wasn't Avery then. I don't know. Let's ask Rabina Rosie. Was it McAvery then? Probably, yeah, because I went to see him around that claim, time. You claim to be a fan. This is the problem I have with the Kinks. One of the many problems I have with the Kinks. They're a very flawed band, and that's partly why I love them so much. But they did become American, and they do have songs where they're like singing in a, uh, on the Ray Davis album, Working Man's Cafe, okay, from about, oh, well, I'd say 2009. Why not? It not really matter. He talks about a, a, a bloke in a working man's cafe and about how he's got holes in his pants. Oh, for crying out loud, Ray, they're trousers. They're trousers. <laughs> he does. He's become very Americanized. Well, hang on a minute, because yes. up north we say pants for trousers. I know you do, and that's wrong. Leading to a lot of misunderstandings. Exciting news, <laughs> Kinks fans. Uh, the BBC Three Counties Radio is the official sponsor of the Kinks reunion tour. You heard it here first. The Kinks reunion tour is happening. It's happening next year uh, and we are kicking off a whole series of events here on the BBC. It's going to be sponsored by BBC Three Counties Radio. Starting with BBC Three Counties Radio. uh, Ray Davis is going to be on Justin's show, I think, this weekend. uh, And we're going to have Dave Davis, of course, at some point in November. So, uh, BBC Three Counties Radio, the home of the Kinks 2016 55th anniversary reunion tour. Exciting, exciting days. Uh, Yesterday's failure. Oops, did I give that away? Yesterday's hopeful uh, Kelly Betts replacement was Grumpy Jamie. He joins us now. Morning, James. Morning, boss. Grumps James. I've got a complaint, complaint, really. Oh. You've got a complaint. Go on, Jamie. What? I'm still still typing mine up, but go on. (laughs) How could you get a bit soft on Rosie, but you was tough on me? Uh, Well, he thinks you can take it. She could, I don't think she can take oh. it hard. I think she. I think she needs to be a little bit soft. I think you respond to a certain amount of firmness. I mean, oh, have I read really? you wrong there? Have we read you wrong? No, you, you got me right. I got told off when I got home yesterday by my wife, so that's it. So you didn't need to do no more. You brought shame. You brought shame on um, your family, <laughs> uh, yep. your friends. Yes. Rosie's doing a cracking job, it's got to be said. No, I just broke the radio, I think. What did you do? Certainly is. Oh, I tried something. to drop... Um, Jamie into faded too, and he disappeared. She knows the lingo, isn't it? She knows if it. only listen. If only Jamie had actually disappeared, you would have got bonus points there, Rosie. <laughs> you would have he disappeared got for a while. Bonus points, Jamie. Would you like to contribute anything to the show today? I wish I could, mate. But after yesterday's failure, I think I'll uh, just back. Don't hang your head in shame. Hang your head <laughs> in shame. Oh three four five nine four double five five double five. Oh oh, um, I need Dealey because I've got a what's the story morning glory. Oh, have you now? There's no rush. We can do it, but we can do it before um, we can do it before seven o'clock. I've got a what's the story morning glory, which we will. Um... Now you said there was nothing in the papers. Oh, there's plenty in the papers. I found mate. some very chilling stories. What? Oh, you go. Well, got? it's a very chilling story. I'm just going to stretch you, my back. You might want to give me some ambient noise. Okay, hang on a second. Handprints have been discovered inside a heavy glass case holding an Egyptian mummy. Even though it's not been open for seven years! That's not a very scary noise. That's a hilarious ghost noise. The exhibit containing the remains of a little boy bears the pretty clear marks of, say, say the staff, of two fingers and a thumb, staff say. Yeah. Torquay Museum's Carl Smith said 
The weirdest thing was on the inside of the case. We saw what we believed was handprints. The case had not been opened for seven years, and last time it was opened, it took, took seven men. It took seven men! It was impossible for it to be opened by someone else. The Devon Attractions mummy is a boy aged two to four called Samtek. Hang on a minute, is he a mummy or is he a boy? Ah. Uh-huh. Thanks, guys. He died around 600 BC. The casket's nearly a he thousand years older, yeah, and may have been made for junior royalty. Hang on a minute. At a museum ghost hunt in May, a photo <laughs> appeared to show a woman's a face minute. coming out the floorboards. Hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. Where where is this museum? Devon. Right. Okay. So it's Torquay. a museum. Torquay. It, it's a museum that nobody goes to. So I know what. I know what. Let's make up a little ghost story so that people will. Um, <laughs> Get scared and then come to our little museum in Torquay that no one goes to. That's these are, what these are done. historians. These are merchants of fact. They wouldn't do such a thing. My favourite story of the day is Fag Baby. Oh, it's poor, a it's poor poor Fag no, Baby. No, 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 no. It's Fag Baby. For, <laughs> I mean, and you shouldn't laugh, and there'll, there'll be hate. I got attacked on Twitter yesterday for being a um, what was I? A, um, transphobic. That's I'm transphobic. I'm not transphobic. I'm twitphobic. That's not exactly how I phrased it on Twitter either. Um, I'm now going to get abuse for this. All right? I just think this is a little bit of not harmless, but fun. For baby, a cigarette and a glass of beer. It looks like a normal scene in a family home movie with a baby boy happily playing on his father's lap in the sun. But the video soon takes a darker turn as the child is forced to take a puff of a cigarette by two men thought to be his father... Oh, actually, this is quite macabre, isn't it? Yeah, it is horrible. Thought to be his father and a friend who laugh in the background. Sitting in a blue cap and white and blue T-shirt, the youngster blows out the smoke... Oh, this is... (gasps) Oh, no, I didn't realise this was quite so horrific. Before tipping beer into his mouth from a glass left on the table. Unbelievable, Justin. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. As a recent convert to the... How long has it been since you had a fag? Uh, it's been well, before weeks this Thursday. Many, well done, many congratulations. I believe thank on you your, your fifth week you're allowed to smoke a, a cigar or, <laughs> a, or a magic cigarette. The choice is yours. Uh, thank what you. would your advice be to this young, this young lad who he can't be any more than a, a year old? What would your advice be? Um, my advice would be uh, don't do it. I was uh, a silly boy when I was about, what, four years old. I picked up a cigarette. I thought, oh, that would be cool to smoke that. You were four? Was, yeah, four years Flipping old. Egg. Yeah, it was my, my dad who flicked a cigarette out of the car when he was washing what? the car. Yeah, no, seriously. Yeah. And I, I picked it up when he wasn't looking. And I thought, oh, I want to be just like my dad. Oh. And I was yeah. ill for two whole days. Don't do it, guys. Wowzers, you started puffing at four years old. Know. Okay, well, don't worry. I'm going to bring an element of... Um, an element of fun to the show, don't worry. We've got uh, we've got time to um, to do um, one of these. No, 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 no. Edward. No, hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. Hang on. No, that's the wrong answer. Sorry, who the hell is that? Um, <laughs> Hi, my name is Quincy. Oh, heck, hang on. You that's Quincy Jones? No. Oh, hang on. Ah! What are you looking for? I'm then? trying to find. Um, not a reggae version of the sorry theme. Bring it. No. no. Don't start busting those moves again. Bring it. No. Woo. Hang on oh. a minute. Hang on a minute. Bring it. No. Hang on. No. Hang on. I've got a story for you. My computer's bust, Justin. Can I come to you after the news? Of course you can. We've got Triple Edward Adu. <laughs> it's Edward Adu, do do. 
Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the A1M southbound, it's starting to build up around Junction 7 for Stevenage and it's slow on the M1 southbound between Junction 10 for Luton Airport and 9 for Redbourne. On the M25, it's busy from Junction 17 for Mobile Cross, anti-clockwise to Junction 15 for the M4. And in Neeson on the North Circular Road, westbound, there are queues from the M1 at the Staples Corner all the way to the Neeson interchange through the roadworks. In High Wycombe, there's roadworks on Marlow Hill at the junction for Wordsworth Road just outside John Hampton School, so that could get busy later on this morning. And on the train departure boards, the 6.47 train from Stevenage to Peter has been cancelled. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much, Sammy. Right, it's 6.46. It's, um, what day is it today? Tuesday. Something like that. The 20th of October. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Bedfordshire police have been criticised in a report by a government watchdog and told to be more efficient. The South African athlete Oscar Pistorius has been released from jail on parole a year into a five-year sentence for the manslaughter of his girlfriend. And the YMCA in Milton Keynes says it's struggling to help the increasing numbers turning up on its doorstep while it loses its council funding. Let's get the weather. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. It's a chilly start out there this morning. Temperatures in high single figures, 8, 9 Celsius at the moment. Some places a little bit lower than that. So one or two mist and fog patches as well. Not widespread, just one or two. They'll lift fairly swiftly as well. Now a bright start for many, but there is a bit of cloud. That's going to start to thin and break fairly swiftly this morning. And we should get some nice spells of sunshine. And in a gentle northwesterly breeze, it's going to feel quite pleasant. This afternoon we're looking at max of 15 Celsius. Overnight, once the sun sets, it's going to be fairly chilly quite quickly but gradually it will become a little more mild. Minimum temperature before that, 7 Celsius, but from midnight onwards, we'll see the air change. It's a little milder, it's coming from the west, and we should see the rain arrive by dawn tomorrow morning. So for Wednesday, long periods of rain, some heavy bursts in there as well, and it's going to be quite breezy as well. That southwesterly breeze starts to pick up. Maximum temperature, 13 Celsius, and that's your forecast. Thank you very much. If you've missed any of the programmes here on BBC Three Counties Radio, you've missed things like this. Earlier we heard from Brian Paul, this time it's Gatesy, Gareth Gates. So Gareth is currently on tour with Mad About the Musicals. But there is a way you can hear it all again. Treasure Quest. Right, OK, so Tim and Annabelle have both managed to find their starting location. bbc.co.uk slash Radio. The way it's going to work today, we're going to chat. You call up if you want. Join you just in. kind of join in the conversation. Allowing you to listen to what you miss. BBC introducing live across the three counties. Over the next hour, we'll be playing you the best music being made here in Beds, Hearts and Bucks. BBC.co.uk slash three counties radio. Local and vocal across Beds, Hearts and Bucks. This is Guggen Garawal. On BBC Three Counties Radio. The, uh, Justin. Uh, boss. Justin, just... Yeah, yeah, go on. Just, go on. just bear with me. We've got a call. Um, line three. What would you like to say? Lee Agnew, new, new, Catherine Boyle, Lee, Lee Agnew, new, new, Paul Scorsese, Justin Dealey, Lee Agnew, new, new, Kelly, Mason, Sammy, Lee Agnew, new, new, Dad of the Hula Murder. 
Um, thank you, line three. Fair enough. <laughs> Rosa, you need to up your game. You can't let luck jobs like that come through. That's ridiculous. You called him. Right, OK, what we're going to do, we're going to... I think I've got this now, so we're going to play... Uh, this should work. Hang on a second. There we go, we're in. Okay. It's the mm. it's the fun game that literally everybody's talking about, um, where uh, I read you a headline from uh, a newspaper. You have to guess what the story is. Okay, and generally the headline's got very very little to do with it. Uh, we're going to let you go first, actually, Rosie. All right. Yeah. You're, 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 yes. Four okay. brigade. Four <laughs> brigade. Four <laughs> brigade. What could the story possibly be? A bunch of hot firemen. Coming around to Aren't put all... your free fire alarm in your house. Ooh, and then making love to you. <laughs> no? <laughs> T- stay too far? <laughs> yeah, too far. OK, OK. I'd, um, I'd love to watch a fireman I had a friend who used pole. to call um, <laughs> fire engines selection boxes. <laughs> hey, aren't all firemen hot? And, and let's be honest, some of the fire too ladies true. as well. Beautiful, beautiful. And, and what brave guys and girls. I mean, that's just for the, fire, for the fire stuff. Experts in their fields. Oh, Experts in their fields. Genuinely. <laughs> Kelly Betts, she's mm. wrong, by the way. Four Brigade. Four Brigade. It's a guy called Alan Four. Oh, oh she's Four. on fire today, which is ironic because we're talking about the Fire Brigade. <laughs> Are we, though? Well, well, we're talking about the Four Brigade. And he um, is a flamethrower. Okay, yeah, yeah. And he... Just to just speed this up, because you're nowhere near it, so don't waste too much of our time with this. And then he this. died. OK. Thanks. Oh, dear. <laughs> Daily Four Brigade. OK, you know how the Fire Brigade, often people criticise those who phone the Fire Brigade because a cat stuck up a tree, yeah? yeah so it's yeah, a complete yeah. and utter waste of time. So, well... So, no, no. So, so, I've so, come round to the... After seeing a brilliant video the other week, right, of some, like, firemen or policemen or something rescuing... There's a mummy... There's a mama duck, right? Mm, mm. And she's got, oh, like, yeah. two little babies, right? And they're by the side of a busy road and they're quacking a, a, a drain right mm. the policemen come along and they lift open the drain up and they find that there are five little baby duckies in the drain right oh. they rescue those duckies right One. they have to stop the traffic they rescue those duckies and they all get out and they run to their mum and they go waddling off to i don't know where, where they live like just, a pond a pond isn't it oh. that I, do you know what and that complete because we've had stories we've had to go at the police and the fire brigade Actually, yeah. that's exactly what the police and the fire, fire brigade oh. should be doing. They should be rescuing little duckies and little doggies were, and things like that. They were too late for that pigeon the other day. Oh, the pigeon just died. But we saw a pigeon <laughs> fall out of the sky. <laughs> <laughs> you right? It was out. stiff as a board, straight into this bush, tail up. Yeah. I mean, it was, was, it was like it had been I, bought in the supermarket and thrown in there. I am sure I saw its um, <laughs> spirit leave its body. I saw its spirit. But that's exactly... Was it a white dove? That's what the <laughs> fire brigade and the, the, uh, the uh, policemen should actually be doing. They should be rescuing animals. Well, well, well. I'm going to send you the video of those ducks, Justin. And once you've seen okay. that, you tell me that's not one. Anyway, four okay. brigades. I think, I think for one week only, maybe it's for charity or something like that. They've yeah. done a deal with Babe Station. Oh. oh, so 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 if there is a cat stuck up a tree, they send out five girls from Babe Station <laughs> and they rescue the cat. Four brigade. No, nope. it's incorrect data. Catherine Boyle. Four brigade. Four brigade. Bearing in mind that these headlines very generally have very little to do with the actual story. Um. All right, okay, firemen. Yeah. And they had to... Oh, what about rescue a woman who was in the bath and had a toast to cup the tap? You're the closest. (laughs) It's a classic, isn't it? Classic ruse to get them out. Four Brigade (laughs) firefighters used a hacksaw (sighs) to free a man stuck in handcuffs... Oh, no. Animal. ...when he turned up at their station in Grimsby. Oh! 
<laughs> and that's it. So, so he wasn't even spread eagles. <laughs> well, What's his name, Alan? For We're, sorry. What's his name, Alan? N- n- no. Right? no, no, you're, you're mm. really Kelly. Honestly, I wouldn't even so bother. Hang on. He was able to walk about. He wasn't in yeah. a, a compromise. What's the four for? Yeah. What's the, well, the, are I'm, they fairy love cuffs? Yeah. Sorry. Fairy love cuffs. It doesn't mention if he was with anybody. <laughs> it just says. <laughs> It just says that um, he was probably... Well, the implication is involved, he was, he was involved in some sort of bedroom gymnastics. Obviously, obviously not <laughs> not enough, because he was able to walk about. Dealey, this morning, the question um, on everybody's lips is, what's your yeah. flavour? I went for a, going for a lot of steams at the moment, because this chest is, is, is still Never hanging in there. It. Never mentioned Never, it. I'm very brave. Uh, I went for a steam the other day. Someone left some shower gel in the shower. <laughs> Bonus. Yeah. So mm. Put it on, splashed it all over, put it all over my body, and I thought, I smell like, I smell like um, the 70s. What is this smell? Right? I looked at it. It was fruit salad. Not fruit salad, but fruit salads, the little pink and yellow sweets. It was Radox fruit salad sweetie flavour. Why would you want to smell? You'd actually be smelling like blackjacks or blooming blooming marzipan. Why would you want to smell Oh, I like marzipan. Oh, I hate marzipan. Mm. But I smell like old sweeties, bonbons, Mm. you know. (laughs) Nice. White dog poo. By the way, guys, I found white white dog poo the other day. I took a picture of it. Can we all leave it now? All right, that's that done. I actually found some. Um, so, um, Justin, can we take What's Your Flavour to the streets? You're not going to believe what's happened to me in the last 35 minutes. You've been you arrested for be- sexual harassment. Close. close. <laughs> I would believe I, that. I have been to a leisure centre. I've been showering with men this morning Beautiful. for research purposes to come up with the idea, what's your flavour? We're, we're finding out what flavours they're using. I've come back to the office to edit it. My microphone is not working. So now <gasps> I've got to go and take another shower dude, and dude. find out what their flavour is. So hang on a minute. Your microphone is not Working? It was working when I was in the shower with the guys and we were passing the shower gel around. I've got back to the office, I've plugged it into my computer and now it's not working. This I'm heartbroken. Like a, this sounds like an excuse for a bit more Top no. Gun action. No. <laughs> well, it sounds... I'm trying, I'm trying to find my spooky music and I can't, so instead all I can find is, um, is this. Hang on a second, here's the spooky, spookiest music I can find at short notice. It really is genuine. Oh, no, hang on, this is quite spooky. Here we go, this is, this is spooky. It's, here we go. Oh, sorry about that. Not very well. <laughs> that sounds like the door on the way into the uh, the shower room. This thriller is it supposed to be anyway. I saw Dealey coming back from the gym yesterday as I was leaving. Buff? <laughs> he was holding something in his hand and I thought, what on earth is that? Yeah. Is it a weapon? Wowzers. Do you know what it was? I, I'm, uh... A massive hairdryer. What's <laughs> 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 the first going on there? He goes, he goes and look out of my booth. Dealey, <laughs> take, take it back to the shower. Yeah. yeah. All right, mate. Bye. And we can 
just real deep from our hearts to our feet and surprise them with a victory cry. Say, we can act if we want to, if we don't, nobody will. And you can act real rude and totally removed, and I can act like an imbecile. I say, oh, we can dance, oh, we can dance, everything's out of control. Oh, we can dance, oh, we can dance, we're doing it from all to all. Oh, we can dance, oh, we can dance, everybody look at your hands. Oh, we can dance, oh, we can dance, everybody's taking the chance. Safe to dance, oh, it's safe to dance. Well, we've had uh, Ribena Rosie sitting in uh, as Kelly Betts. Um, let's let's ask Kelly Betts first of all. Kelly Betts, how was your Kelly Betts standing, in your opinion, your humble, irrelevant opinion? Excellent. <laughs> okay, fine. Catherine Boyle, you'd have to actually be working in close proximity with her. You spent most of the time in my studio. Yeah, so but I've been watching news. carefully. Yeah. Know, I can multitask. That's what I do. Yeah. I've noticed there's been a lot of chatter, a lot of laughter through there. Yeah. So pretty much well, as it should like, be. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> I, I, I have to say. Better than Jamie. Jamie's out. Grumpy oh, Jamie's gone. Jamie. Rosie, did you enjoy it? Yeah. If we were to offer you the job, we won't. <laughs> just you know, would you would you accept it? Uh, oh. Yeah, oh. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, I say. Oh, I see. Like Travel news from beds, cards, and bugs. Thank you, Rosie. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M1, it's starting to get busy southbound from Junction 10, Fluton Airport towards 9 for Redbourne. And the M25 is busy anti-clockwise from Junction 21 for the M1 towards Junction 18 for Chorleywood. And it's also slow on the North Orbital Road roundabout at the M25, Junction 21A. In Borenwood, it's slow on the A1 southbound from Holdian towards Stirling Corner. And also the A10 is very busy just after Cartatch Lane with delays from the M25, Junction 25 for Enfield. And that's because of roadworks at Cartatch Lane. In St Albans as well, Hatfield Road has some temporary traffic lights near Blandford Road, so that could also cause some delays, but it's looking okay at the moment. Samantha Brough, BBC Radio. Thank you, Sammy. So what's your flavour? What uh, what do you use in the shower gel? In the, uh, what shower gel flavour do you use in the shower? I can't speak. I mean, it's a ridiculous time in the morning, let's be honest. Who on earth works at one minute to seven in the morning? Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's seven o'clock, I'm Simon Oxley. The headlines, Bedfordshire Police told to be more efficient, Oscar Pistorius released from prison and Milton Keynes YMCA struggling to cope. BBC Three Counties Radio. Bedfordshire Police have been criticised in a report by a government watchdog. Her Majesty's Inspectorate of Constabulary says it requires improvement in various areas to make it more efficient. Chief Constable John Boucher says the report is simply further evidence that Beds Police requires further funding. More from Jessica Cooper. The so-called Peel report says Bedfordshire is struggling to meet the public's needs in some important areas. 
It needs to improve how it uses its resources in making sure its workforce model is sustainable and in its planning for the short and long term. Meanwhile, Hertfordshire and Thames Valley, which covers Buckinghamshire, are rated good in most areas and outstanding in their planning. The South African athlete Oscar Pistorius has been released from jail on parole a year into a five-year sentence for the manslaughter of his girlfriend Reva Steenkamp. He'll spend the next four years under a form of house arrest at his uncle's home. The YMCA in Milton Keynes, which offers housing to young homeless people, says it's struggling to help the increasing numbers turning up on its doorstep while it loses its council funding. Nicola Hazler has more. Last year, around a 1,000 people went to the YMCA hostel in Milton Keynes asking for shelter. They have 143 beds, so many were turned away. A recent report on Milton Keynes showed that homelessness in the town has quadrupled in the past year. The YMCA have told us that as from April next Next year, they will no longer receive any funding from the council and will have to increase their low rents, which enable young people to apply for work. Milton Keynes Council says it's unfortunate, but the budget has to be cut somewhere. Tata Steel is expected to confirm today that it's cutting 1,200 jobs in Scunthorpe and Lanarkshire. The news is the latest in a series of job losses across the steel sector that are being blamed partly on cheap imports from China. David Cameron has said he'll raise the issue with the Chinese president who arrived in Britain last night for a state visit. The East of England Ambulance Service have apologised and launched an investigation after a Watford man was left waiting for an ambulance with broken bones in the cold for nearly two hours. Omar Ramzan, who's 34, fell over a rake in his garden, breaking both his arm and leg. Bedford Free School say councillors have voted against their planning application for a rooftop extension at the town centre school. The decision was made by Bedford Borough councillors last night, even though officers recommended it. The school could now appeal, having successfully appealed against the council in 2012, so they could continue at their Caldwell Street site. In sport, Luton's departing captain Steve McNulty says the Hatters can win promotion without him. McNulty has returned to the northwest for family reasons to join Tranmere. Off Saturday, but I thoroughly believe that they will go on and get promoted this year. And you know that was a hard thing, hard thing leaving. You know when when I do believe, you know deep down that they are going to promote it as well. The weather cloudy this morning with a chance of a shower. Some sunny spells this afternoon. A maximum temperature 15 degrees Celsius. And you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk/threecounties. Morning, morning, morning. Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. What's your flavour? Honestly, I could not believe it. I smeared this other man's shower gel on me and it, it was the, the fruit salad sweeties from the 70s. Now, I like the taste of the fruit salad sweeties from the 70s. I like the smell of it. Not over my manliness, though. It was, imagine every part of my body, right? It was covered in fruit salad flavour. Outrageous. Oh three four five nine four double five five double five is the telephone number if you want to give us a call on that. And you, you come on, you lot, you know the rules. It's pretty much anything goes. Anything goes, isn't it? 
across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Catherine, I notice um, we have, um, unusually for us, we have a, um, a complaint text. Can you see that one ending uh, 106? Would you like to... Uh, Which one? The one ending uh, 106. I can't be any more specific than that without giving out their actual telephone number. I can't see it. You read it. The one ending... One, the, 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 the top one. Why can't, why can't you see it? Oh, this one. Yeah, but it's not full. It's not in. I haven't got the full thing. Oh, here we go. Right, Sean from Abbots Langley. Yes. Guys, I haven't texted in a while, generally because you haven't had anything I felt strongly about. If you're you're texting the word text, why would you miss out the e? I mean, that's that's saving you like 0.006 of a second. And if you had those up over your entire lifetime, that saved you three seconds, which is a ridiculous amount of time to save. Anyway. Haven't texted in a while, generally because you haven't had anything I felt strongly about. However, this morning you've done it. Please play another tune, as I now can't get that, insert a very bad word here, Agadoo tune out of my head, Sean from Abbott's Lane. Well, we can play with the, the Agadoo. We had an anonymous caller phoning in singing Lee Ag New New New. Well, I can I know exactly how to erase that tune from your mind. It's with this. There we go. Problem solved. We're speaking to him after the show today. I know we are. It's very exciting times. He will be on the show tomorrow, guys. It really, um, we really are at the cutting edge of um, of music here at BBC Three Counties Radio. Oh three four five nine four double five five double five is the uh, telephone number. If you want to give us a call, you can text eight one three double three. Start your text three CR now. A new report claims cost-cutting measures have left Bedfordshire police struggling to meet the needs of the public. Her Majesty's Inspector uh, Inspector of Constabulary says the force's financial future's unsustainable and improvements are needed. Well, it comes a fortnight after Bedfordshire was told it won't receive any extra funding from the government, despite asking for more. Um, We've got Ollie Martins in the studio. Ollie, you might want to put some headphones on if those headphones are working, because we're going to come to you in a second. Um, First of all, let's go to uh, Zoe Billingham, who is from the HM Inspector of Constabulary. Uh, what are your concerns, Zoe, about Bedfordshire Police? Oh, no, Zoe's... Oh, no, Zoe's there. Sorry, Zoe, I've got the wrong fader up. Good morning, Zoe. Sorry, you got the can wrong fader up. Can you hear me all right? I can now. It was my fault. I'm an idiot. What, what are your concerns about Bedfordshire Police? OK, what we've looked at is how well Bedfordshire Police is standing up to the funding challenge. Um, and what we're saying that is that Bedfordshire is a very low-cost force. It's got a few number of officers compared to uh, other forces. And it's struggling. It's finding it really difficult. Um, unsurprisingly, and I know you've got Ollie there in the studio and he'll be on to tell you uh, why the force is struggling. Uh, what we're saying is that the force needs to look at how well it's able to prevent crime happening in the first place. And that's difficult with the number of staff and police officers that Bedfordshire has got. So it stops the problems in the first place, which means that it's better able to respond to the public when they are calling the police in times of, of example for emergency. Oh, hello. No. Oh, you're back. We were having a little bit of a problem with the line. How do you assess their efficiency, Zoe? We look at a whole range of things, but the most important thing that we've looked at this year is how well the force know where their busy areas are. And we look at to see whether or not they've got enough police officers and staff available to deal with those areas of demand, whether it's emergency response policing, whether it's dealing with 
specialist crime, whether it's protecting children. So we look at lots of facts and figures, but we also spend a lot of time in Bedfordshire talking to frontline police officers, understanding what strains and pressures they're un under, as well as obviously the leadership within the force to find out exactly what their plan is for the future. And I have to say the new chief constable, who's taken up post very recently, um, is very alive to the issues that we've identified in this report and is already taking a number of steps in order to address some of the concerns that we've identified, which is encouraging. How, how are they supposed to improve when um, the, the police, force, uh, police forces have um, had massive cuts and have got even bigger cuts coming? It's a difficult challenge in Bedfordshire, and I'll keep stressing that, Ian. But there are some things that other forces are doing at the moment that Bedfordshire aren't yet doing. So, for example... For example so, for example, one of the things that a lot of other forces are doing is working very closely with local councils and um, NHS partners to work with people and individuals who are constantly calling the police to, to, to solve the problems at source. Now, these may be issues relating uh, to society. It may be that people have mental health problems. These aren't problems that the police can solve, but other agencies can. So where forces are working closely with other agencies to actually address the problem that those individuals have, that means that the police aren't being called out repeatedly to do 999 calls for someone who actually doesn't need the police at all. They need a completely different service. And that's just one example. But there are cuts in all things. those other services as well, aren't they? The NHS. Absolutely. Is Mental health uh, uh, provision in this country is despicable. So the, 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 if no one else will take responsibility, then the police have to, don't they? The police are rightly the service of last resort, but what we're seeing in some other forces, and Bedfordshire are not yet doing this, is we see mental health nurses responding with the police to incidents where they're visiting people who, have, who are having a mental health crisis. But then there's nowhere for so those the people who are mentally ill to go. There aren't enough um, um, beds for mentally ill people. That's another issue, Ian. You're identifying lots of problems, but yeah, what, yeah. what, what we are the found solutions? in a number of areas. Well, what we found in in a lot of areas, and including Bedfordshire, they've made a lot of improvements on this. Is working with the NHS. Uh, a number of beds have been made available for people who are suffering a mental health crisis so that rather than people, and particularly children, which is really worrying, being locked up in police cells as what we call a place of safety, so for their own safety, these people are, are actually being provided the sort of care that they need, which is in a hospital, With the not greatest in a respect, that care, that, Zoe, that care isn't there. The police don't want to lock up people who are mentally ill in police cells. They want the best provisions, but those provisions aren't there. There aren't enough beds for people who are going through psychosis or mental episodes. So we, we, we hear of kids, we hear kids being transported 300 miles away because there's a bed up in Leeds, but there's not one in, in Luton. And just going back to the issues about what other forces are doing in order to be able to make sure that the public are kept safe is, for example... Could you address that issue before you move to another one? The mental health issue? Yeah, there aren't enough beds or provisions. Everyone is working on a shoestring, and uh, you, the, the police do not want to lock up mentally ill people, but there aren't, any, there aren't anywhere near enough beds. And you know that uh, kids with mental illness, suicidal people, older people with dementia, they can get shipped off 200, 300 miles away. And this is something that HMIC has looked at, and, and rightly, so what's the, the forces... Well, the answer is is that public services, including the NHS, need to make make provision available. We're the independent inspectorate, and we inspect the police. What we've said loudly and clearly, it is utterly inappropriate for children to be placed in 
police cells with the greatest of respect when Zoe, they're at their, you're not their answering, period of you're not need. answering the question you're saying well they should be dumping these people giving these people to the NHS but it's not your responsibility to look at the NHS well that's a flawed that's a flawed response isn't it because that those those facilities aren't there well, what we're saying in actually in Bedfordshire, there have been changes made, so children aren't being locked up in police cells anymore. I'm not talking anymore. specifically about children; so, I'm talking about mental illness. Well, I agree with you. There's a general pr- broader problem. So, so what are the police supposed to do in that situation, Zoe? You've suggested what, that they work better with the NHS. Well, how are they supposed to do that? Well, in in fact, in Bedfordshire, what they are doing is they are working with the NHS to make sure that there is that provision made available. There's plenty of other things that the police can do in order to prevent crime you're happening really, in the first I'm, place. I'm sorry to focus on this, but you're really avoiding the answer. There aren't enough beds for mentally ill people. So what are the police supposed to do? If they've got no other option but to lock them in a police cell, which they don't want to do, what else are they supposed to do? It's going to take up their time and resources. Ian, I like your style, but I'm here to answer questions about how well Bedfordshire I'm police asking are you dealing questions. with the problems. I'm asking you questions, and you have not yet answered one of them. And don't patronise me, please, by saying you like my style, because I'm not particularly a fan of yours, of avoiding the question. I'm, I'm answering your question. What Bedfordshire are doing is looking to make sure that they're able to stop crime and antisocial behaviour happening in the first place. Again, just completely veered off the mental illness. The, many, just moved away many from force, that. Many forces have done the types of things that we'd like to see happening in Bedfordshire but what I am saying is I'm not uh, underestimating the scale of the challenge that Bedfordshire police face in responding to future cuts and Ollie will talk about this in a moment future cuts that are coming on stream and as you said in your introduction avoided every single question Zoe you're now going you're now back on script Why, why can't I talk to a human being okay far away ask some more questions Ian I'll ask shall I ask the same one that you've avoided five times do you want to ask it again on mental health? I mean, what I'm I'd, saying I'd is it's not appropriate it. to have, have people with mental health no. crisis being locked We've up in police that. cells. So what are they supposed I to do? I think we all agree with that. What, so you, the police I agree need with that. to work with the NHS the in NHS order haven't to make got the resources. sure that they haven't got enough provision emer- is provided. The NHS do not have enough emergency beds for people with mental illness. We know that. So what, what are they supposed to do? They're meant to work hard with those partners to identify where those problems are. And also, as oh, Ollie will say, when he comes on stream, so he please will don't say put, it's Please not... don't put words into my other guest's uh, mouth that you're not prepared but, to speak to them directly. So, so don't but, do that. But what he will say... No, is no, don't tell really... me what he will say. I want to know what you will say, Zoe, because you're not prepared to talk to my other guest who sat here. That's weird. So why don't you tell me what you're saying? What I'm saying is the police need to do more to make sure that they're preventing crime happening in the first place, working with families who may have particular issues that are causing problems within a local area. Bedfordshire recognises that. The new chief constable in Bedfordshire is coming on stream to introduce a new way of working so that there is more focus at prevention in the first place. Because if you ask your listeners what they would prefer to happen in the first place... Don't put words into my listeners' mouths. I'm, I'm not... They I'm would not, prefer an absence of crime. Sorry. Well, actually, we've asked the public of Bedfordshire okay, about I, this. Okay, I probably speak they to the public a little bit more. They would prefer an absence of than and you do. They'd prefer crime not happening in the first Bedfordshire place. Bedfordshire is, is is unique, isn't it? Because there are areas like Luton um, where there is a specific focus on potential terrorism activities, and there are other areas within Bedfordshire. So it, it, it is different from other areas of the country, isn't it? One of the things that we've always uh, recognised about Bedfordshire, Ian, is that. 
It is a shire county, but it has got, within Luton, some of the most complex policing challenges, similar to those that you would see in an inner London borough. And as the independent inspectorate, we absolutely recognise the scale of that challenge within Luton. And of course the force is directing resources into Luton and is prioritising that. It has to do that. We commend the force for doing that. Um, and it's having to do so on a very limited budget. And that's what we're here to talk about. You know, how well is the force standing up to the funding challenge? Um, it's doing what it can with very limited resources. We get and what we pay for, don't we? We get what we pay for. And if we keep cutting the police service, and there's austerity and stuff like that, but we're going to have a we're going to have a crappy police service, aren't we? That's not up to the job across the country. That's that's going to happen if we keep making cuts. Why can't we just give them the money that they need? What we've said in this national report, and we've looked at all 43 forces, is that some forces are actually managing to sustain the cost reductions um, well. Um, what they're doing is rather than just simply uh, taking an axe to various parts of the service that they provide, they're looking very carefully about how they can provide services in a, in a different way, how they can be make better use of uh, new technology, um, in order to be able to provide a similar service to the public, um, but at less cost. And what we're saying in this report about Bedfordshire Police, recognising the scale of the challenge, recognising the complexity of policing an area like uh, Luton, is, is there is a bit more that Bedfordshire can do to become more efficient, but we're not underestimating the scale of the challenge the force faces. OK, give us your top three suggestions on how Bedfordshire could, um, could cope with the uh, £20 million cut that's coming soon. You know, Ian, I often get asked that question, and I'm the independent inspector of constabulary. You've got a perfectly capable and able chief constable. No, no, no. But you're, 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 the, you're, the, you're the. I'm going to ask him. Oh, don't you worry. He's sat here. I'm going to ask him. Um, uh, but but you've you've said that there is more that they can do. So so why don't you tell us? Give us the top three things that they could do. Okay. Well, what I'm not allowed to do, and I would never presume to do is um, assume the role of the Chief Constable. I've not asked you to do that. And it's actually not the Chief Constable you've got in the studio. I think it's the PCC. OK, yeah, yeah. I've not, I've not asked there. you to do that. You, you have said that cost-cutting... You, you said that they've got to work harder. Um, i tell you what, I'll give you one. You've already said they've got to work more with the NHS. So just give us two more top things that, that, that Bedfordshire Police can do. One of the things that we've said in this report is how, does, how well does the force know where the most of its demand is coming from. So in other words, where are most of the calls for service coming from, from the public? Where are the places that are creating the most trouble, the kind of the crime hotspots? Um, and what Luton has is, is an idea of where those areas are, but it hasn't got very detailed, in-depth information as to precisely what those problems are and what the causes of and those problems are. And then what would it do with, those information, not, with that information? What it needs to do is, is look at whether it or not it's got the right staff with the right skills available in the right place to deal with those problems early on, to stop problems escalating. So if it can take more of a preventive approach, then it's going to be a better place to keep a lid on crime. The new Chief Constable recognises that. What's happened in over, his, uh, Did the last over one a not? period of time, what happened over a period of time, and actually the previous Chief inherited this too, there'd been an erosion within Bedfordshire of the um, police working in neighbourhoods. When I started as HMI for Bedfordshire five or six years ago, um, I remember a time when there were no police officers on patrol in Bedfordshire. Gosh. That's now changing. That's been recognised. Okay. It's been understood that actually having a police officer out in communities, understanding where the problems are, is absolutely vital. OK, Zoe, we're, we're, we're going to end it there, because I feel we're, we're kind of back on script. But thank you very much. Zoe Billingham from the HM Inspector of Constabulary. Ollie Martin, stay there. You can, uh, you can have your comeback after we've done a bit of this. 
Right, where are we? A little bit late. 7.19, it's BBC Three Counties Radio. These are your headlines on Tuesday the 20th of October. Bedfordshire police have been criticised in a report by a government watchdog and told to be more efficient. The South African uh, athlete, Oscar Pistorius, has been released from jail on parole a year into a five-year sentence for the manslaughter of his girlfriend. Flippin' heck. And the YMCA in Milton Keynes says it's struggling to help the increasing numbers turning up on its doorstep while it loses council funding. BBC Three Counties Radio. We're looking for your stories of finding love later in life. I've been married a long time and I'm a real sweetheart like that. From moving on to starting again, is love better second time around? And how do you meet a new partner in 2015? Never ever thought we'd meet anybody again, but you turned up on the doorstep. An adult conversation about getting together. Tell us your story, 03459 455 555. It was just fate that brought us together. Love later in life. All this week on BBC Three Counties Radio. This is Ian Lee on BBC Three Counties Radio. Well, I, f- I feel I've had a tiny glimpse into the world of Ollie Martins, the Police and Crime Commissioner for Bedfordshire. Um, gosh. Um, okay, well let's let's. I've, I've made some notes here. Let's deal with some of uh, some of the issues there. You need to work more with the local NHS to deal with um, uh, mentally ill people that you uh, that, that the police service have to deal with. That would save you a fortune. Mm. Well, it would be good if they'd come to some meetings and talk to us. But as you may have noticed, they've had a few problems of their own lately. Who's this? The, N- the NHS. The they, NHS. They're, you're, they're, they're not talking to you. Um, well, I think we're. We're, we're starting to develop a relationship, but, you know, I've been around nearly three years now um, and it's been quite difficult to get anyone um, in the room to talk to about some of these issues. Um, I've had uh, a pot of money on the table to introduce a, a mental health street triage service. Mm. So that's where... Um, and this is where like, a nurse goes out on, on certain calls with you that's and, and, and yeah. recognises that maybe someone is, is, is mentally ill and not yep. just, you know, a criminal yep. or something and, and, and steps in. And I in. think we're, we are now very close to uh, introducing that. I think, I think we're going to introduce it in January on a pilot basis, but we are going to introduce it and I think that will uh, make a difference. Um, and as I say, the, the issue there has been um, trying to get the, um, the health service to co-fund that because I don't have, you know, this is hard-pressed Bedfordshire Police we're talking about. I don't have money to fund that service all on my own, but I've had a pot of money that's been ready there um, and I've not been able to spend it for the past year or so. Um, but of course, HMIC... Uh, as you as you heard Zoe explain very clearly, she only looks at the police in isolation from everything mm. else. She doesn't look at that broader landscape it's that we're working in. It's all very well and in. good, yeah. Saying, well, if you get a mentally ill person, then the, you know the, the, an ambulance should come and take them away and put them in a. It, but there are no, we know there are no beds for people going through you know the extreme mental breakdowns or, or mental trauma, and the, the, they get shipped two, three hundred miles away. The, you know, the cuts to mental health care have well, been ridiculous. To be, to be fair, we have uh, we have dramatically reduced the number of people that are coming into custody um, under Section 136 of the Mental Health Act. It still happens sometimes, Mm. largely because they are being violent or they are a danger to themselves or they have committed a a crime. Um, But it's happening a lot less. So we have managed to do that, and that is in partnership with the health service. Mm. Um, So there's progress on that. Uh, Another point that Zoe Bellingham uh, from the HM Inspector of Constabulary said was you need to know where most of the calls are coming from so that you can focus the right people in those areas. Uh, And I'm guessing that that's for prevention. 
I mean, well, a couple of frustrating points on that, really, <coughs> is that um, HMIC take a snapshot. So they, they come into the force for a few days, gather their evidence, and then go away again. Uh, in this case, they came in and gathered the evidence, what, four or five months ago? Uh, in the intervening period, we have introduced our new operating model, so the force is completely restructured. It's in the interim phase of introducing this new operating model. The operating model is based on a very thorough analysis of our demand, looking at where police officers need to be and so on. Um, we've introduced uh, put warranted police officers back into community policing teams. Um, so we're doing a lot of what HMIC are now criticising us for not doing. Um, so that's a bit uh, that's a bit frustrating. But what I will say is, we are in the interim phase at the moment. But we are finding that our community teams are so busy and are so stretched that at the moment we're struggling to find that time to do the preventative mm. work. They are just reacting, reacting, reacting. And if we're if we are cut further as the government's funding suggests we will be, um that preventative work is going to be extremely difficult to deliver with a diminishing number of is officers. Bedfordshire a special case or is it failing? Because other police services, forces, are, are, are doing well. Um, Thames Valley and Hertfordshire Police were rated as good by this survey. So it's not, it's not a complete blanket saying, well, everybody could do better. Some have rated really well in this. Well, we have 169 officers per 100,000 population, uh, which is one of the lowest levels in the country. We have the eighth lowest level of funding per head of population. Um, so, and they acknowledge that, don't they, in the report? They say that you've, you, you, the office has been reduced to an insufficient level to meet current or future yeah. demands. And then the flip side of that is we have the fourth highest level of gun crime per head of population. We have the seventh highest level of knife crime per head of population. If you divide up the number of burglaries, robberies and vehicle crimes per police officer per year, we have the highest figure of any force in the country. And that figure is double the national average. So that's why in Bedfordshire... Our police officers are extremely busy. The bit of good news is that they managed to turn in the 11th highest performance in terms of detections. So they're very busy, but they still managed to solve a lot of that crime. And that's because they're incredibly committed and they work incredibly hard. Um, if you followed the suggestions that, that are in this uh, uh, report, then... Would it work? Would 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 the, the, the police service in Bedfordshire work more efficiently and, and, and meet the criteria that they're calling for? Well, they what's what is it they categorise as needs improvement. Right. Oh, gosh, uh, well, I'm familiar with that phrase. That's my school report. It's funding needs improvement. That's that's what it's gonna to take to improve what we can do so that we have more than hundred and sixty nine officers per hundred thousand population. Because, you know, there's only so much that you can do with a fixed resource. And, you know, I would say that at the moment, Bedfordshire Police is operating at the very limits of its capability. Um, I, I just, one, one of the phrases that, um, that Zoe used was low-cost force. And I do kind of think, you know, there are cuts and there are cuts, and you, you, you get the police service that you pay for. One point that was raised by a caller earlier on, and, I, and he's right to bring me up on this, actually. 
um, when we found out about that the, the funding was going to stay the same because of this new system, uh, you came out with, and I'm paraphrasing slightly, that if there was a terrorist um, uh, uh, activity in Bedfordshire, it would be the government's responsibility. Um, and someone has picked me up on this. I, maybe I should have said this before. Is that not scaremongering, Ollie? Is that not... Um, we have no evidence there's going to be a terrorist activity. Uh, uh, is that not worrying the public just for just to try and make a point, to score points? There is a consistent pattern, unfortunately, of terror, terror plots that are linked to Luton. And we have one of the highest concentrations of extremists. That That is an unfortunate fact. It is a very small minority, but nonetheless, that is the position. And I should be clear, you know, I've said previously um, that this makes Bedfordshire Police a weak link in the nation's security. That's because very few of these terrorist plots have actually been in relation to something they want to do in Luton. It's been in other places. Um, So, you know, that is an absolutely legitimate concern that I have, particularly if Bedfordshire Police is going to be cut still further and if our number of officers are going to reduce still further and if our community policing presence, which I would currently describe as pretty anemic, is going to be reduced still further because it's those community police that are our capacity for picking up the community intelligence in relation to people who are getting drawn into extremism, which is the best way of delivering a counter-extremism strategy. Ollie, we've got to move on. Thank you very much. BBC Three Counties Radio, let's get the travel. Travel news for beds, hearts and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M25, it's very busy anti-clockwise from Junction 26 North Mabby to 23 for the A1M at South Mims. It's also busy in Hendon on the North Circular Road. There are queues from the Golders Green Road at Hendon towards the A1 at the Henley's Corner in Finchley. And in Neeston, it's very slow on the approach to the Neeston Interchange with a queue from the M1 at Junction 1 for the Staples Corner flyover. And that's because of roadworks. Roadworks on the North Orbital Road in St Albans could cause some delays later on between the Park Street roundabout and the London Coney roundabout, but they don't look too bad at the moment. And in Milton Keynes on the A421 standing way at the Bottledon roundabout. There's roadworks going on there too, so expect delays. There's no reported problems at the moment on the trains. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Sammy, thank you very much indeed. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 7.30, I'm Simon Oxley. Bedfordshire Police have been criticised in a report by a government watchdog. Her Majesty's Inspectorate of Constabulary says it requires improvement in various areas to make it more efficient. Chief Constable John Boucher says the report is simply further evidence that Beds Police requires further funding. The YMCA in Milton Keynes, which offers housing to young homeless people, says it's struggling to help the increasing numbers turning up on its doorstep while it loses its council funding. And the South African athlete Oscar Pistorius has been released from jail on parole a year into a five-year sentence for the manslaughter of his girlfriend, Reva Steenkamp. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Luton's departing captain Steve McNulty says the Hatters can win promotion without him. McNulty has returned to the North West for family reasons to join Tranmere. We'd just like to thank all the fans and everyone connected to, to Luton Town. You know, it's been an honour and a privilege to 
not only play what captain the team as well and you know I, I wish them every success in, in the near future So Scott Cuthbert again leads Luton for tonight's match at home to Leighton Orient Elsewhere in League 2 Wickham could welcome back Sam Wood and Paul Hayes at home to bottom club Newport and Stevenage have signed former Sheffield United and Leeds midfielder Michael Tong ahead of their game at second place Portsmouth In the Championship Milton Keynes Dons travel to Huddersfield with manager Carl Robinson looking to build on Saturday's win against Blackburn What it does it allows us to catapult ourselves at the back of the international break now and to move forward into a very very productive week and Huddersfield away and QPR away <laughs> I think it's, uh, it's going to be a very very difficult four or five days but we're, we've got to make sure that we're ready for it and there's coverage of all tonight's games in three counties sport from seven in last night's Premier League match Stoke won 1-0 at Swansea tonight in the Champions League Arsenal host Bayern Munich Chelsea are away to Dynamo Kiev the Rugby World Cup organisers say referee Craig Joubert was wrong to award the crucial late penalty against Scotland in Sunday's quarter-final defeat by Australia. World Rugby say it should have been a scrum, not a penalty. And Luke Donald says he's chosen a world-class facility for next year's British Masters Golf. Donald will host the Masters at the Grove in Hertfordshire. It follows this month's successful event at Woburn, hosted by Ian Poulter. BBC Three Counties, Counties News and Sport, the next full Bulletin with my teeth in at eight. <clears throat> yeah, please, please do put those teeth in. I, I, I beg of you. I beg of you, sir. This is Ian Lee on BBC Three Counties Radio. But I've been seen with I've never been with anything less than a nine. So fine. I've been on fire with Sally Field, gone fast with a girl named Bo. Just don't end up as mine It's a death-defying life I lead I take my chances I die for a living in the movies and TV But the hardest thing I ever do Is watch my leading ladies Kiss some other guy while I'm bandaging my knee I might fall from a tall building Much time in school, but I told ladies plenty. It's true, I hire my body out for pay. Hey, hey, I've gotten burned over Cheryl Teague's blown up for Rocky Welch. But when I wind up in the hay, it's only hay. Hey, hey, I might jump an open drawbridge or Tarzan from a vine. Cause I'm the unknown stuntman that makes Eastwood look. So fine. Yeah. Um, well, that um, was more interesting than I was expecting it to be. Crikey. Sometimes it's about well, the speaker, isn't it? Highlight of the highlight of the interview with the um, uh, HMIC woman was, uh, Ian, I like your style. In oh. other words, I want this to end really quickly because um, uh, you're annoying me. <laughs> That's what that means. I like your style. style, though, haven't you? I've got. I do have a. Well, I have a unique style. Mm. It's not to everyone's taste, but I find mine style. Currently, smells of prawn cocktail. I'm eating prawn cocktail crisps. Yeah, we feel like we're eating it by proxy. Yeah. Okay, you're not. Don't you touch my crisps with your proxy. <laughs> you leave that um, well alone. No, I'm enjoying. I'm. I'm. I'm enjoying crisps at the moment. I'm really digging crisps and like proper crisps. None of these 
a, I don't know, a, a asparagus shavings or these crow and um, bum flake. I don't even know what they are. All the Pringles, all these foreign things. Proper crisps. Walkers, prawn cocktail, have it. Have it and have it large. A grab bag is a grab bag. They're great to share. I'm not sharing that. He's not sharing them apart from by smell. Mate, listen. Seriously, oh, I'm chewing on I'm them not... in here and you're not even in here anymore. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. But I... Shh, shh, shh. But, of course, I am not eating them in the studio, as that's against the rules. I was eating them out there. That's against the rules as well. Mm, when I point out there, I mean out in the park during um, the news. Standing next to Justin Dealey, where he vapes. Is Dealey still in the shower with men? I think Probably. He, it's all gone very quiet. Um, I think he's in the urinal section. <laughs> if, if, if only, I don't, I don't know my way around this computer as much as I'd like to, but um, hang on, hang on. Hang on. Hang on. Hang on. Yeah, uh, yeah, here we go. I've got it. I've got it. Hang on. Shall I say it again? No, no, yeah, 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 yeah. go. I think he... Go. I think he's in the urinal section. Would you lend the cheddar? I I haven't got any of those. uh, (laughs) those, But if he were... But Kelly, if he were in the urinal section, Mm. I know what you'd be saying. You'd be saying... Um, let us go to Shouty Chris. Morning, Chris. Morning, Lynn. Morning. Hiya. I'm not playing this morning. You're not playing? Um, hang, on, I can make, hang on, I can make you play. Hang on. This, this is my youngest toy. I love these little toys. You know these, these little sound machines? They're called sound machines, and it's a little box... And they've got nine buttons on and um, make spooky noises. Apart from that one, that's supposed to be a ghost. Chris, you're not playing, are you? I've not been able to tempt you out of your hard shell, so I'm coming into the shell with you. What have you got for us, Chris? I just don't understand why Ollie Martins hasn't arranged something else so that people that want to give money towards having a better police force can do it. What, do you mean like a PayPal account? A GoFundMe? No, like, no, no, like something <laughs> A sponsor like jump out of an aeroplane? Air ambulance. Mm. You know, where they pay a debit every month into the police force yeah, or but, something but we like do, that. But we do, it's, we do pay it every month. It's called our tax. Yeah, no, I'm on about more the extra that he needed. Remember well, he, the referendum? He, yeah, he offered it out to the people and he got like um, a, a tiny percentage of people who agreed with him. People people don't want to pay more. People don't want no, to pay for their services. But those that do, and I mean, since the referendum, how many people said, oh, we didn't understand it was only £2 a month, right? Yeah. The people that did understand and wanted to pay, I was one of them. I would pay right. five to ten pounds on a direct debit per month to give to the do police. Do it then. So do it. But how do you do it, Ian? That's what I wanted to ask Golly. It wouldn't be workable, right? Because if they did it like, if they assume they had a pay, the police had a PayPal account, right, or a GoFundMe, yeah. right. Um, there yeah. wouldn't be enough people like yourself. I'd happily pay a little bit more for the police, but then hang on a minute. What about the ambulances? Yeah, of course I pay for them. But then there's the fire brigade. Ah, okay. It's getting. I'll pay a little bit less because it's getting tight now. Hospitals. Ah, you see, it's. Ah, here's an idea. Here's an idea. Why don't we just tax Starbucks and Google and Facebook? You know, instead of <laughs> instead of us having to dip into our pockets and pay a little bit more, which a lot of people like you and I would. 
Why don't we yeah. just tax those big companies? Facebook paid, was it Facebook paid in corporation tax last year? Something like four and a half thousand pounds. Facebook, four and a half thousand pounds. The government don't want to upset them. They'd rather cut back on, on what we're doing. And they send people like that woman that you were talking to out, yeah. right, who goes on about how they should mix with the NHS, yet she's not even looking at the NHS side. No, that's, not her, re- that's not her remit. Her remit is the police only. And so, yes, it's, it's good that she's... Well, then she shouldn't bring the NHS into yeah, it. That was a frustrating... Uh, that, that was supposed to be three minutes long, that interview. That was a... And don't... Please don't put words into the um, mouth of the guest that you've refused <laughs> yeah. to go head-to-head with. You know, there's a weird thing, right? And this, I, I, I do not understand this, Chris. Quite often, yeah. I would like, you know, I like listening to and working with where you've got one guest on one side, the other guest on the other side, and they have a discussion, OK? I think, A, it makes great radio, and B, I think we can all learn something, and who knows, maybe an opinion will be shifted. What happens so much in this industry, and it really pees me off, right, it really annoys me, is one side will say, yeah, no, I don't want to talk to that person. Sorry? Yeah, I don't want to talk to that, which is why, I quite, which is why in that interview I had Ollie Martin sat next to me for the whole thing. I wasn't allowed to, I wasn't allowed to bring him into the conversation. But other examples where, you, 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 if you ever hear me do, well, we've got, we've got such and such from um, the right-hand side. Well, thank you for that. Well, now we're going to go to such and such from the left-hand side. That means one or both. Generally, hello? Generally one, uh, of them has said, generally one of them has said, I don't want to talk to the other person. Well, if your argument is strong enough, you'll have no problems talking to the other person. Well, do you know what I find hard about that? Go on. They're not passionate about what they do. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much. I, I listen, I, I've got to move on, Chris, because I'm, 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 we've kept another guest waiting for 20 minutes already, and it'd be rude to keep him waiting anymore because it's a very important story. But thank you. More on that a little bit later on. 03459 555 is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. Now, the YMCA Milton Keynes is having to increase its traditionally low rents for young homeless people because its council funding is being withdrawn. It's the theme of all the stories at the moment. Everyone's, um, you know, having to cut back on stuff that is actually really helpful. And, and, and anyway, uh, the hostel provides accommodation for 140 people in Milton Keynes at a price that allows them to take a low paid job and keep a few quid for themselves. The council grant, which used to be £190,000, will be completely abolished by April next year despite the YMC's claim that demand is increasing year on year. Simon Green is there, a very patient, because I've kept him waiting for ages, operations uh, director in Milton Keynes. Um, morning, Simon. Thanks a, a lot for waiting. Why is the YMCA in Milton Keynes so important? Um, well, it, it's because we're providing housing for young people, and obviously that's a very important issue. Um, how, there's a crisis in housing um, in the South East, particularly for young people, um, and without us, uh, hundreds of young people wouldn't have anywhere to go and live. And it's 140 um, uh, young people that you help at the moment, is that right? Yeah, that's right. So we've got a short-term emergency hostel for people who find themselves with nowhere to go. That's got 23 bedrooms. And then we've got 123 flats, which we let to young people for typically a period of two to three years. And who, what, 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 who are they? What, what, why are these young people in need of help? Uh, well, uh, a huge amount of reasons, really. So at any one time, we've got 150 young people living with us, and, and there'll be a broad range of uh, reasons why people are living with us. Uh, a lot of people choose to. We're, we're at uh, Central Milton Keynes location, so it's a good place for young adults in low-paid work to be working. Uh, lots of the jobs that they'll be working in are nearby to us. Um, lots of people will have had 
uh, family breakdown issues, so won't be able to stay at home anymore and won't have anywhere else to go. And then we've got quite a number of people who've got more complex needs, so uh, particularly around mental health. We've got lots of young people who've got uh, mental health issues which are affecting them, um, and we provide housing and support for them. Um, so what's going to happen? It was 190,000. That's already been, been cut by, I think, more than half. And then na- April next year is going to be zero. What's going to happen? Well, we're, it's very difficult for us. I mean, we're a, we're a small local charity and um, we've always run on a fairly shoestring budget where we want to keep our rents low because we want to encourage all of our residents to be to be able to find work and low-paid work generally. Um, so we've got intense financial pressure on us. Um, what you mentioned at the outset, potentially, that we'd need to increase our rents. Um, it's a possibility, but something that we're, we're desperately trying to avoid. So what we're actually trying to do is replace the funding we've lost through sort of fundraising and fundraising events. So we're, we're starting the fundraising events package, um, and we're encouraging the people of Milton Keynes, really, to support us by, uh, by sponsoring people doing events or by taking part themselves. The rent is really low, isn't it? What 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 is the, the rent's thirteen pounds thirty a week? I mean, you, you could increase that and and and, and, yeah, and not have a massive negative impact, couldn't you? Well, it's thirteen pound thirty for somebody who's claiming housing benefit. So right, if you're okay. out of work, housing benefit will, will pay the main part of it. Um, so you know, our, our rents are broadly in line with with the market in Milton Keynes. Yeah. Um, and we're trying to encourage people. We want people who come to us homeless and unemployed, and we want to be encouraging them into work. So um, it's important that rents are at a level that it doesn't, uh, you know, block that. Uh, finally, Simon, the, the council says it wants organisations like you lot, the YMCA, to be independent and not reliant on council help because you know their budgets are being cut. They've they've not got any money. What, what, what's your response to that? Well, um, I think um, it is a. a, a a major issue for the council. They don't have an, enough money. We appreciate that. We'd love to be financially independent ourselves, um, but we're you know we're providing some really valuable work, and um, I think there does need to be an element of support for us. Um, I, I think that the council needs to be supporting homeless young people in Milton Keynes, um, and, and that should be a call that uh, the council recognises is important. Simon, I appreciate your time this morning and your patience as well. Simon Green, o- Operations Director for the YMCA, Milton Keynes. 03459 455555. Is Dealey out of that shower yet? I believe so. He's um, just telling himself off. Unbelievable. what? Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. It's slow on the M1 southbound from Junction 10 for Luton Airport towards Junction 9 for Redbourne and it's busy on the M25 anti-clockwise between Junction 21 for the M1 and 15 for the M4 but the M40 into London is also looking very slow now from Junction 4 for the High Wycombe Handycross roundabout to Junction 3 for Loudwater. It's also busy on the A40 in High Wycombe in both directions and on the A507 in Clophill it's looking busy now on the speed sensors westbound between Shefford Road and the A6 at Bedford Road. Samantha Brough, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much. Sammy, much appreciated. Mm-hmm. 7.46, Tuesday the 20th of October. 
I've got a little cough, don't worry. I've got a little cough, cough. I'm Ian Lee. These are you. I'm going for. A, I'm not going for a steam today. I'm going to go. For, I'll go for a steam. I probably should. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Bedfordshire police have been criticised in a report by a government watchdog and told to be more efficient. The YMCA in Milton Keynes says it's struggling to help the increasing numbers turning up on its doorstep while it loses its council funding. And the South African athlete Oscar Pistorius, the jammy so-and-so, is spending his first day under house arrest. Remember. He shot his girlfriend. He spent a year in prison. Unbelievable. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. We have a chilly start across all three counties this morning, but it is going to be a drier and brighter day. We do have a bit of cloud around at the moment, and some of that cloud thick enough to produce maybe a spot of rain, nothing too much, uh, but gradually this is going to disappear. The cloud will thin and break, and we'll get some nice brighter, brighter weather and some spells of sunshine as we head through the afternoon. So it's a much better picture. It's going to feel quite pleasant in that sunshine as well. We're looking at a maximum temperature of 15 Celsius. Now, overnight. The first part is going to be fairly chilly. Once the sun sets, the temperature is going to drop away quite quickly, so a cold start, minimum 7 Celsius. But then after midnight, the cloud increases as we uh, meet our new air mass coming from the west, so it's slightly milder. So the temperature can actually rise as we head through to dawn. Now, by dawn, the cloud will be with us, and we'll see some rain arriving as well. Some quite heavy, persistent rain for a time. Maximum temperature for Wednesday, 13 Celsius, and that's your forecast. Thank you very much, indeed. Every weekday from three. It's not just about what we bring you. Starting off on the M25, it's particularly heavy moving anti-clockwise. It's also about what you bring us. In the end, I could only eat off my ironing board. Your stories. Every room in the house was just... I was climbing over mountains of rubbish. Your humour. There's a reason why you earn the big bucks, you see. That sort of insightful comment is exactly right. Your opinions. Well, the culture's got to change because the police can't do it and the, uh, the traffic wardens are so busy. So the culture has to change. I think parents do change into uh, different human beings when they are picking their kids up. Roberto Peroni. And everyone across beds, hearts and bucks. Weekdays from three on BBC Three Counties Radio. An old Watford man says he's disgusted that he's had to wait for nearly two hours in the cold for an ambulance with two broken bones. Omar Ramzan, uh, who's 34, fell over a rake in his garden and despite being in agony, his family were told not to move him. Omar joins me on the line now. Morning, Omar. Good morning. Thanks for joining us. What, what, what happened? Thanks for having me on. Um, basically, I was just uh, in the garden um, and uh, fell over a rake, like you said. How do you uh, fall over a rake? Well, I was... <laughs> um, yeah. a tricky one. Yeah, I bet I put, it is. I put I put my foot, I put my one foot over the other. Yeah, and um, didn't put it over high enough. Yeah, okay. And the rake uh, um, thing just uh, locked my foot. Yeah, okay, okay. So you, so you found it and, and uh, tripped over. And uh, 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 did you hear the brakes? You, you, it was it was pretty no, obvious. No, it's just one of those things that I I didn't hear anything it just i knew i'd done something wrong but yeah okay i didn't i didn't hear anything so what happened then so then uh fell on all fours um in the garden um and screamed out for help uh my wife was in the house at the time with yeah. my children uh she called 999 straight away uh, told them clearly what was going on um i had to stay in that position for about two hours what, on all fours? Yes, on all fours, yeah. Flipping heck. 
Um, during that time, um, my family members turned up uh, gradually within those two hours, uh, and each one of them had to phone up um, the ambulance service for an ambulance. So, by the time, it took about roughly five attempts to uh, prompt the ambulance service to uh, to uh, come come in. So how long, you you were waiting for two hours, were you, yeah, for the ambulance appro- to turn up? Approximately, yeah. Deary, deary, why did, did they give any explanation as to why you had to wait no, so long? Nothing at all. Every time, every time someone in the family phoned up, uh, they said an ambulance would be there with you shortly. So I can accept half an hour, yeah. But I can normally it should come in within ten minutes, fifteen minutes. But half an hour you can okay, give and take. But two hours is a bit silly. What? Isn't it? What? Um, how? How long ago was this, Omar? Uh, this was on the twenty fourth of September. Oh, okay. So, so still recent. Not and, long. And and how? How? What? What had you broken? And how are you doing now? Uh, I'm I'm okay. I'm on the mend. Um, yeah. I'm mobile-ish. Uh, I broke my right thigh. Oh, flip. Um, I've had uh, metal plates put in, and I fractured my forearm, right forearm. So both both fractures on the right side. Oh, man. Um, we've got a statement from the East of England Ambulance Service Trust. They say we would like All to... Right. But we would like to apologise to Mr Ramsden for any distress caused. The Trust is thoroughly investigating, uh, investigating his complaint... This right. is an ongoing investigation. We will share the results with of our findings with Mr. Ramsden as soon as possible. Have you had any contact with them? Have they spoken to you at all? No, uh, but I did um, file a complaint, and they did acknowledge my uh, email, and <sighs> they said it will take about take up to twenty five working days for them to investigate. So, oh. well, um, Omar, will you will, that... will you keep in touch with us? And as soon as you hear something, would you let us know? Yeah, I will do, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, and, and, and please don't think I'm being flippant, but if I'd have done a similar thing like that, my yeah. whole family would have been out with their phones taking pictures. Did did did, 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 did any of your family come out and take pictures? No, no. Good, good, no. good. Your family's better than mine, Omar. <laughs> mine would have cut... It hurts! I mean, just stay still, no, let me no, get a picture. No. Good. It was, uh, it was too agonising for anyone to take any pictures or do anything, to be honest. Good, good so, for uh, them, good for them. It was a bit too uh, yeah. heroic, but... Uh, mate, listen. Uh, keep in touch. Let us know how it goes, and we'll keep yeah. our fingers crossed. And uh, a that you get, a, you know, you get some sort of uh, result, and uh, b that, yeah. that, that, that your you, your body improves quickly. Yeah, I'm getting there anyway. So Thank I'll, you, Omar. Thanks very much. Cheers, mate. Cheers. This is Ian Lee on BBC Three Counties Radio. I mean. What he didn't say there was he had to hold himself in a certain position to he stop was... his thigh bone from coming through his skin. Oh, flipping heck. I mean, it does. Okay, I'm, I'm not making light of that situation. Because like, a, you, you, people would have taken pictures of me. Like you take pictures when your kid fell down the toilet. Yeah. You took a picture of um, was it little and a big one who fell down the loo? It was and big you, and she was screaming. She was like in distress. She wasn't screaming. She was in <laughs> distress. There, was, there, were, there were some muffled calls for help. I mean, she was just about peeping out over the top of the. And pan. you were, yeah, all right, just just stay still. I'm trying to get this in focus. Um, she said to me, it's not funny, Mummy. I said, yes, it is. And, and, and I have to stress, I have to stress, we are not in any way suggesting that what happened to this gentleman is funny at all, at all, no. at all. The guy was in agony. Yeah. The guy was in agony. But 
Um, garden implements you've tripped over. Oh three four five nine four double five five double five is the telephone number. I thought the ever... rake thing was a was device in a comedy program. I've done that. I tried on the rake and had it smack in my nose. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, that actually happens. That's based yeah, on a true story. That happens. I once watched my husband trying to get a tree out with a spade. Yeah. You know, the last final bit where you're trying to lift the roots and the spade kicked back right in the. Oya, what you need in that situation? I laughed an a bit. axe. You need an axe. Chopping. He'd done the axe. Oh, he's a, then you've no, got to. Then no, you've got no, to kind with of... the roots. With the roots. Chopping the, the roots of a, a deep plant with an axe. Very, very satisfying. Very satisfying. Um, have we got any Texas? Yeah, we have. Go We've on. got loads of Texas. Uh, let's see. Uh, well, this one from Hemang in Elstree. Yeah. With only 10 weekends till Christmas and Kel's bets leaving, can you do the Christmas time la 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 song one time ten before she goes? 10 Fridays, guys. 10 Fridays until Christmas. Blimey. It may even be nine now because I think someone told me that, I don't know, last week. Yeah. It's nine or ten Fridays until Christmas. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's, it's nine because it was I, uh, whenever I had my, hair, had my hair cut last week, it was my hairdresser, it was Joe that told me. Right, yeah, nine, nine Fridays till Christmas. Oh, no. Get your motor running. Get out on the highway. Looking for adventure. And whatever comes my way. That's right. I'm looking forward to uh, getting the, um, uh, um, uh, whoever that band is, um, their greatest hits. Part of my Halloween fancy dress outfit came yesterday. Yeah. It's going to be good. It's going to be good this year. Pat and Houghton Regis, uh, the public refused to increase police funding. And in my opinion, the police are far removed from the public and it's concerned. And I was told by an operator when I called up with an issue that it's the fault of those who voted no in a referendum that the police do not have resources to act on my complaint. That's the full stop. The police might as well have their main police headquarters in Scotland. I know the service is poorly run and it's been going on for years. Just look at how Regis and its problems, says Pat who didn't vote yes in the referendum, as he's told us in the past. Uh, funding challenge, says Snuffers. It's amazing how people make cuts to frontline services sound like a coffee morning. Yep. Uh, and this one from Matt and Hitchin. I remember back in the 80s and 90s, Bedfordshire police were struggling with the rural side of crime. In those days, the Biggleswade station closed at night and to cover Shefford, police cars would respond from Amptill. In those days, a gang of criminals from Potton were breaking into a Shefford supermarket almost every month, sometimes mm. twice a month. It was easy for the criminals. They knew exactly how long it would take the police travelling from Amptill to respond to the call. As soon as they put a police station in Shefford, the break-ins reduced significantly. With new cuts coming, Bedfordshire's going to struggle rurally with a lot of forces have a lot of, to contend with. That's from Martin Hitchin. You carry on. I'm just trying to do something on my computer. All right. Um, here we go. Uh, Tony from Chertsey. Ian, perhaps the police could make considerable savings by changing their management structure. If you wish to have an expensive inefficient structure, you would probably have difficulty finding a better one than the existing yeah. with layer after layer repeated in each borough. I'm bored now. Uh, well, there's a bit more. Okay, uh, I finished doing what I'm doing on my computer. Okay. In the modern so world of centralised communication, huge savings could be made. Incidentally, I was thinking further about the choice you gave me between a tonne of feathers or coal falling on me. No, no. I reckon feathers. You can kill with coal, but you'd have trouble with feathers. It's bricks. A tonne of feathers, which is heavier. Ugh, but we're doing this again, guys. Come it's on. Tony going on about it again. Of, a tonne of feathers or a tonne of bricks, which is heavier. Well, duh, it's a ton of bricks. Obvs. I mean, what's heavier, Kelly? One brick or one feather? A brick. What's heavier? Two bricks or two feathers? Bricks. What's heavier? Three bricks or three feathers? Bricks. What's heavier? Four bricks, bricks. or four? What's heavier? Bricks. A ton of bricks or a ton of feathers? Bricks. Thank you very much indeed, you hey, see. Hey, Rupert says, 
I fell over a shovel when I was living in Bedford back 12 years ago. Mm. I went to A&E. I was okay, but I still have a scar today. Right. Great Where show. Where the hell is Dealey? Is he still in that shower greasing himself up? He said, right, we're talking about what's your flavour after I had a fruit salad shower gel that I, I found. And it's fruit salad as in the sweeties, not in the healthy, um, boring dessert. And he went, right, I'm going to go to the gym next door. I'm going to go in the shower and we'll vox some men in the shower. I said, oh, all right. And then he came back an hour later and went, oh, yeah, I'm really sorry. It didn't record. He's never had this problem before. No. It didn't record. I have to go back and do it again. Now. Coincidence. I don't think so. Travel news for beds, hearts and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M1 southbound, two lanes have been closed by a five-vehicle accident between Junction 15 for Northampton and 14 for Milton Keynes. It's very slow and there are queues approaching there. It's also busy on the M1 southbound between Junction 10 for Luton Airport and 9 for Redbourne. On the M25, it's busy from Junction 21 for the M1 to 16 for the M40. And there are also delays on the A10 heading into London from uh, approaching Cart to Hatch Lane from the M25 at Junction 25 for Enfield. That's because of roadworks in the area. Looking at the train departure boards, there are no reported problems at the moment, Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Man alive. Sing hosannas. I'm going for a steam again today. I might end up smelling like a fruit salad. I might end up smelling like a pick a mix. You just don't know. Ah. More of your calls and texts after the news with Simon. Local and vocal across beds, hearts, and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's eight o'clock. The headlines. Government inspectors say Bedfordshire police can be more efficient. Milton Keynes YMCA struggling to cope. And Luton murder trial hears evidence from accused man's girlfriend. BBC Three Counties Radio. Bedfordshire police have been criticised in a report by a government watchdog. Her Majesty's Inspectorate of Constabulary says it requires improvement in various areas to make it more efficient. Chief Constable John Boucher says the report is simply further evidence that Beds Police requires further funding. But Zoe Billingham from HMIC says they can do better. What we're saying in this report about Bedfordshire police, recognising the scale of the challenge, recognising the complexity of policing an area like uh, Luton is, is there is a bit more that Bedfordshire can do to become more efficient but we're not underestimating the scale of the challenge the force faces. The YMCA in Milton Keynes which offers housing to young homeless people says it's struggling to help the increasing numbers turning up on its doorstep while it loses its council funding. The council say it is unfortunate but the budget has to be cut somewhere. Simon Green the YMCA's operations director in Milton Keynes says they may have to put up their rents. We've always run on a fairly shoestring budget where we want to keep our rents low because we want to encourage all of our residents to be to be able to find work and low paid work generally um, so we've got intense financial pressure on us the latest in a series of announcements of job losses in the steel industry is expected today. Tata Steel is set to make 1200 workers redundant at sites in Scunthorpe and in Scotland a court has heard that a Luton man who fled the country after allegedly killing a 20-year-old man on Marsh Farm told his girlfriend he was a wanted man. Jason Nelson is accused of stabbing Jordan Maguire at his home. More from Jane Killick. Stephanie Palmer, a psychology student, told Luton Crown Court she had no idea Nelson was in trouble when he came to stay with her in Ipswich. But she says he changed his appearance by shaving his head and facial hair. Later, he fled to Grenada and she kept in touch with him by phone. He told her he had had a tussle with someone and that person was now dead. He said he needed a pastor. 
Nelson denies murdering Jordan Maguire at Thrall's Close in Luton. He also denies sexual assault and rape. The case continues. The South African athlete Oscar Pistorius is spending his first day under house arrest after being released from prison. He was jailed almost a year ago for killing his girlfriend, Reva Steenkamp. Bedford Free School say councillors have voted against their planning application for a rooftop extension at the town centre school. The decision was made by Bedford Borough councillors last night, even though officers recommended it. The school could now appeal, having successfully appealed against the council in 2012, so they could continue at their Caldwell Street site. In sport, Luton start life without skipper Steve McNulty at home to Lake Norient tonight. McNulty has returned to the northwest for family reasons to join Tranmere. Elsewhere in League Two, Wickham hosts Newport. Steve Nidger at Portsmouth. In the Championship, MK Dons go to Huddersfield. The weather cloudy this morning with a chance of a shower. Sunny spells this afternoon. A maximum temperature 15 degrees Celsius. And you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. Thank you, Simon. Oh, prawn cocktail crisps. Yes, please. I've not had them in ages. I saw them in the garage in the way and I thought, yeah, healthy breakfast. I can dig that. Yeah, I'll have that. 03459 455 555 is the phone number. What's your flavour? Uh, what smell do you use in the shower? You can get so. I like the. Is it the tea tree oil? The one that makes you tingle all over? And minty fresh as well. The minty one's yeah. one that does it. And it tingles in all kinds of places, I think, you know. Makes my head go all funny. Uh, and what have you tripped over in the garden? 03459 455 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Mm-hmm. Hang on, my computer's all over the place. I'm not really paying attention because I know there's a cup of coffee on its way. Right. <coughs> and I've got a frog in my throat. Going to go for a steam again today, a little steam. Although it's very boring in the steam. It's too hot as well in the steam room. It's good. Can you not have steam without the heat? Is that possible? A new report claims that Bedfordshire Police will struggle to maintain an acceptable level of service in the future. A fortnight ago, the force was told it won't receive any extra funding from the government despite asking for more. Now, Her Majesty's Inspector of Constabulary says Bedfordshire's reduced police officer numbers to a level unable to meet current or future demands, and it's calling for rapid improvement. Peter Nehrud is the former Chief Constable of Thames Valley Police and now does research on evidence-based policing at Cambridge University. Uh, Morning, Peter. One of the um, suggestions when we spoke to a a lady from uh, HMIC was um, that Bedfordshire Police needs to work more with um, the NHS, particularly in terms of if they get called to a crime scene and it's someone with a mental illness as opposed to a crook. But the NHS is struggling to cope with with those people as well, aren't they? Yes, they are. I have to say that's not... If I was the Chief Constable of Bedfordshire, I'd, I'd, uh, I'd not find that a terribly helpful suggestion. Uh, I mean, for a start, that's not going to make a really much of a difference to the to the budget position. It's certainly not going to narrow the gap between the demand the force has got and the sort of uh, challenges they face uh, with the budget over the next uh, three or four years. Is it realistic to ask Bedfordshire police to be even more efficient? Well, it depends what you mean by efficient. Uh, and I think you have to read this this report uh, quite carefully. Uh, 
I've read quite a lot of it before breakfast, so I think that, that makes me a real nerd. Well, you're a fun uh, guy, Peter. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> we appreciate it. But, but the real killer is actually in the introduction to the overview report, where oh. Mike Cunningham, the inspector, basically uh, uh, says, you know, there'll be a very different police service in five years' time, and it'll be a lot less visible. I think that's the key bottom line for, for the public locally. That, um, my initial reaction is that sounds a little bit worrying. That's my knee-jerk. I don't always trust my knee-jerk. Should we be worried by that? Well, I think it, whether you should be worried or not, you definitely need to understand exactly what's going on. And mm. to be fair to the HMI, they do lay it out. I mean, it's, you've got to read quite carefully through, through the data, but it is most definitely there. Uh, it'll be a smaller police force. Uh, it is currently struggling to meet its uh, demand in, the, in, the, in their own words. Uh, and it's, it, they, they reckon it's going to struggle to do so uh, going forward. Uh, and obviously we know the funding settlement hasn't, hasn't done Bedfordshire uh, no. uh, any benefit, so the, the prospects are that the Bedfordshire is going to have to work very, very, very hard uh, to, to not, you know, and even so, produce a better service. Um, why is Bedfordshire doing so badly? Uh, the, the Thames Valley and um, uh, Hertfordshire forces were both rated as good, as were others around the country. So they seem to be getting it right. Why is Bedfordshire so special? Well, I think that HMIC has been really hard with, uh, with Bedfordshire because I, I also read, uh, to answer that exact question, the reports of the forces either side of them. Uh, and I, I'm, I'm struggling to see why Bedfordshire got a... Got a needs improvement grade when the other forces around them uh, got a better grade. It seems to me that the, the differences in the, in, the, uh, in the recommendations are really quite marginal. They're all going to have struggle. And actually, Thames Valley has got a much, much tougher funding settlement and is going, is going to find itself in, in Bedfordshire-like territory because of the funding settlement. So I, I think the, the judgment is, is pretty fine, to be honest. It does seem to me, and excuse my sixth-form politics, um, yeah. but it does seem to me... We're at times of austerity, and yeah, cuts have yeah. to be made. But there are some things, some things, that we shouldn't be cutting, and the police service seems an obvious one of those things to me. Yeah, if you can be more efficient, brilliant. Then let's do that. But 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 but, but actually, cutting funding seems um, well, it just doesn't make sense to me. Well, there's a lot more to come. I mean, even yeah. the most conservative estimate of what is to come is actually larger, and that's the other thing which I find slightly odd about this report. All of the projections and judgments are based on people's projection of what the funding would have been uh, prior to the election, i.e. Uh, another reduction, but nothing like the reduction that the Chancellor is, has been touting in the pre-debate pre in the spending review. There is at least another 27% uh, less to come. Uh, and that makes some, of, makes some of these judgments about the shape of the force look, mm. well, optimistic, I think, is the nicest way to put it. Um, we um, often get, get guests from Bedfordshire Police who are high up in the police force, some of the higher-ranking officers, and then we occasion, while they're on, um, we get texts, anonymous texts, from people claiming to be lower down the ranks. The higher ranks always say morale is OK and is actually pretty good. The anonymous texts, and I have to take them at face value, often say that morale is pretty low. What do you think morale might be like, specifically in Bedfordshire uh, police force at the moment? Well, I, I have sympathy with the, with the senior people. They have actually got to keep the ship on the road, mm. um, and and they've also and they've got to look for the positives. Uh, and they've got an incredibly good workforce. Uh, I mean, we've seen them on on the on the telly recently. They they were incredibly professional and ca and gave a really good account of themselves. But I can well understand, you know, looking at the you know, the detail behind these, these figures, why frontline officers, you know, are getting anxious.
you know, if you if there were six of you five years ago, there's four of you now, and there'll probably be three of you in in a, in a couple of years more, and that that makes a real difference when you're attending call after call after call. Peter, um, as I say, it's good to talk to you. It actually feels a little bit depressing, this whole story today. But I appreciate... No, 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 it's not your fault at all. I I appreciate your insight, as always. Peter Nehru, former Chief Constable of Thames Valley Police, uh, and now does research on evidence-based policing at Cambridge University. We'll get him on to talk about that one day, because he's he's come on before to talk about all kinds of new new ways of policing. And some of it's fascinating, you know, like proper, you know, it's it's, uh, proper modern thinking. 03459 455 555. Thanks, Peter. Good to speak to you. Oh, there we go. Sorry. Caroline's on the line. Morning, Caroline. Good morning. Um, that we, now, we're not in any way, and I don't want people to think we are making light of the gentleman we spoke to who tripped over a rake and had to be on his hands and knees for two hours while he waited uh, for, an, for an ambulance. Not making light of that, but we are asking, what have you tripped over in the garden? I haven't tripped over. I've walked into a greenhouse window and ended up having ten stitches. Oh, no. How did you do that? I was running. Now, I'm going to assume that you were, uh, you were a young lady when you did this. Oh, yes, definitely. We had a school garden. Yeah. And, um, yes. So what ha- what, t- tell me what happened. Where, where were you trying to get to? Why were you running? And um, uh, can you make the noise that your face upon glass made? I can't remember why I was running. Um, all I did, all I can remember is I was a great big smash of glass. Oh, no. And the teacher I was with sort of cuddled me. And by the time we got home from the hospital, he had delivered his shirt in a bag to our front door for my mother to wash. Oh, really? Yeah. What did he do that for? Don't know. Oh, blimey. Um, and uh, were you injured? Oh, were you injured? You ran through glass. You must have been injured. Yeah, ten stitches in my forehead. Wow. So it's something like this. Here we go. This is, I don't want to bring back bad memories, but... Um... This this just um this is you trying to get out again. <laughs> oh, but how old were you, Caroline? I was about ten. Yeah. Boom, blimey. Well, um, uh, uh, and, and have you got a fear of greenhouses since then, or are you okay around them now? Uh, haven't been any, anywhere near them since. Okay, Caroline, thank you very much. You're a brave lady. I hope this isn't bringing back too many bad memories. This is an actual recording of Caroline as a ten-year-old. No, she's still trying to get out. Caroline, can you get out? Do you need a hand? No, come back. No. Come back. Come back this way. I'm not going to go in and get her. You go. No, I'm not getting her. She's ten. I'm not going in. Caroline, just stay. Stay still. Sit. Stay still. Quick. Stay still. And then they rescued her. Sad story. Get her mum to wash that. I will do. Uh, if you've ever run into glass or walked into a, what you thought was an open door, I mean, it's the cruelest thing in the world, but it's also the funniest thing in the world, isn't it? <laughs> and we've, we've, all, we've, all, we've all walked into um, um, uh, 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 patio doors that we thought were open or put, tried to put our head out of a window and it shut. My dad did it once, me and my sister in the back garden with the radio on. Too loud, it turns out. We heard him from the bedroom upstairs because he'd been sleeping off a night shift. We heard him coming all the way down yeah. the stairs. Yeah, oh. Boom, 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 boom. We saw him running towards the patio doors, the closed patio doors, and then saw him <laughs> splat. Yeah. And the the imprint of his forehead was there for about two weeks. And what I've got a recording of the sound that occurred in your head when he shouted. When he what, 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 so just do his shout for us. <laughs> and then this 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 appeared in your you your head. 
It's the dad alarm. <laughs> it's the dad alarm. Listeners at the rate of knots. Dennis, stay there. Come to you after this. Travel news from beds, pads, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. You there, Sammy? Hello, yeah. You carry on. We've just got the alarms going off in the building. Don't worry. We can. Ca- we're gonna, we don't think it's a fire. We'll carry on. Away you go. All right, then. On the M1 southbound, two lanes have been closed between Junction 14 for Milton Keynes and 13 for Bedford because of an accident, and that's involving five vehicles, so it's causing delays. On the A10 southbound in Enfield, it's very busy at the M25, Junction 25 for Enfield and the roadworks, and it's also slow on the M25 anti-clockwise between Junction 21 for the M1 and 16 for the M40. The stretch between Junction 26 for Mabby and 23 for the A1M is looking very slow on the speed sensors too. But on the trains, Virgin Trains East Coast are reporting possible delays at Grantham because of an accident. Samantha Breath, BBC Three Counties Radio. Hang on, I think I can stop it. Hang on. There we go, we stopped it. That's, uh, blimey, that was, uh, that was terrifying. Flipping egg. Hang on a minute, hang on a minute. Got it, okay, all right. Onwards and upwards, guys. Best thing to do, if there's an alarm going off, just hit it first, just to make sure that it's, um, you know, it's, it's, um, well, it's a sound effect you just found on YouTube, basically, I mean, really. Oh, God, there's a tornado warning siren sound effect coming up next. Four minutes, 26 seconds of that, but right now it's 8.16. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Bedfordshire police have been criticised in a report by a government watchdog and told to be more efficient. The YMCA in Milton Keynes says it's struggling to help the increasing numbers turning up on its doorstep while it loses its council funding. And the South African lucky killer, Oscar Pistorius, is spending his first day under house arrest after being released from prison. Three Counties Sport. Later, there's a full night of league games. You can choose between live commentary on MK Dons. Into the roof of the net and out of absolutely nothing. The Dons are level, 1-1. Luton. And when all else fails, it's Jack Marriott. Or Stevenage. It's over the goalkeeper and he's buried it. Three Counties Sport. Tonight from 7 here on BBC Three Counties Radio. That's the tornado um, sound effect, warning uh, alarm. Sounds like my mum doing the hoovering. <laughs> there we go, she's finished now. <laughs> I'm coming upstairs to get your stuff off the floor. I'm bringing it upstairs. <laughs> um, speaking of bringing it upstairs, it's Dennis. Morning, Den. Good morning, Ian. That young lady just made a report. Was her name Samantha Brooks? N- was it? Was that. Now, before we go any further, I need to ask one question. Yes. Was that a joke? What? About Samantha Brooks? Yeah. No. no OK, course. fine. In that case, no, it wasn't Samantha Brooks. Oh, I'm sorry, because I thought we're losing one Brooks. I wanted to adopt another one. Right. Who's, right. who's Brooks? Hang on a minute. What Brooks are we losing? My, my, my granddaughter's just accepted a proposal of marriage. Hey! So she's, leaving the, she's leaving the Brooks family and going somewhere else. Because Marie's already married, isn't she? Marie? Which Marie? 
Your your granddaughter Marie. Oh yes. yes. <laughs> no. My grand was the same. You've got because you're, you're no, Marie. She's all right. She's got. She's mother to Brooks. She, could you could you could you ask Marie not to post on my Facebook page, please? <laughs> yes, all right. She's posted. There's a picture of me and you on there. I know. And Marie's pro, pro, posted. What a fabulous picture! Dennis is my granddad, uh, and uh, what, he's also my kid's great granddad. What a great granddad he is! Now, is she saying that you're a great granddad, or that you're a, you're a great granddad? Which of which great, of the two? No. Well, you, so you're a great great granddad. Yeah. And she also says he's truly a legend. Uh, and uh, he owes us uh, five and a half thousand pounds, and if it's not paid shortly, we are going to go to the small claims court. Oh so that's um, that's something to be a uh, little bit wary about. Dennis, what have you got for us? Well, this gentleman who fell in the ga- I was in the garden, poor fella. Yeah, I feel for him. I fell over in the in the lounge. Well, you're you're very very old. He's a young man no, in I his thirties. Stood up. Yeah, and suddenly the carpet was coming up towards me. Hello, I think Chinky. the carpet hit me before I hit the floor. Were you on your hands and knees in the carpet for two hours? No, I, I lay there. I couldn't get up because my arms were trapped underneath. You my should get son. one of those um, one of those little buttons. My mum used to have one. One of those buttons, and you wear it around your neck, and if you fall over in the house, you press the button, and this sounds... <laughs> and someone comes and helps. Well, no, my son and my youngest son had just arrived... He mm. went next door and they got my lovely neighbours to come in. A big Did lap. Marie come and help? Sorry? Your granddaughter? No, no. She Unbelievable. Was... I've gone right off, Marie. No. I'm going to block not, her from my was... Facebook page. I'm going to block her. I'm going to block her and give her negative feedback on eBay. <laughs> That'll learn her, won't it? That'll learn her, won't it? Yeah. No, say... yeah, no, I'm just trying to end it. Almost right away. Try to end it there. I'm going to end it now. Yeah. Tell her. And uh, that was the last recording ever made of uh, Dennis and <laughs> Oh, Dunstall. don't say that. <laughs> don't say that. He's going to be around forever. You saw him on Saturday night. He's no, nothing's going to take him out. He's going to be around forever. He's going to be like a cockroach. He's like a Mancunian Scary robot. Scary He's a manky what? Mancunian robo grandad. I, I am Dennis from Dunstable. I was about that. Oh, no, you can't no. say that. I, don't, I didn't mean to do that. He's he very was from sweary Leeds. in real life, He's isn't he? He's a potty mouth, yeah, <gasps> very potty mouth. Yeah, he did say a very rude word to me, didn't he? Lots of very rude words. I'm going to end it now. I'm going to end it now. What? The YMCA Milton Keynes is having to increase its traditionally low rents for young homeless people because its council funding is being withdrawn. The hostel offers beds to 140 people in Milton Keynes at a price that allows them to take a low-paid job and keep a few quid for themselves. Well, Sophie Jackson is uh, 21, uh, homeless and currently staying at the YMCA. Morning, Sophie. Uh, good morning. Thanks very much for joining us. How did, how did you end up at the YMCA? Uh, I did have my own council tenancy back in April, but then I fell into a big bit of debt mm. and ended up out on the streets in the lovely cold. Ugh. Um, and how quickly? Were you actually you were actually sleeping rough, were you? Uh, yes, I was. Flipping heck. Um, what what was that like the first night you bed? Where did you bed down the first night, and what was that like? Um, in the woods. Blimey. As you do. Yeah, yeah. That that um um that, that, I can't even begin to imagine what that must feel like to someone. It's horrible. It's cold, wet. How did you make your way, Sophie? How did you end up at the YMCA? How long were you out there for before someone said, "Here, you should go and give this lot a try"? Um, about. 
a month or two, and then I was sofa surfing. Yeah. And then a friend was like, you should try this place. So I tried, and very quickly they went, yep, we can help you. Brilliant. Um, and what was it? Did you have to phone them up? Do you, just, do you just turn up there and knock on the door and say, listen, I'm in a bit of trouble, can you help? If you come in every morning, ask if there's any spaces, they'll keep ringing you if there's anything on an update or on your application. Um, and so how long have you been staying with them? Uh, I've been there nearly 10 weeks now. Brilliant. And you're finding it all right? I love it. Well, you, you, yeah, you must love having a bed, and a, uh, you know, and, and <laughs> that must make uh, it's something we all take for granted. But that must be incredible. Um, we have a house. Mm. We have a place you can go home. One more, do you want? Mm. Um, your rent is you pay one of the lower rents, don't you? If I'm all right, you pay thirteen pounds thirty a week because you get help with housing benefit and stuff. Oh uh, yeah, we only pay our service charge while we're unemployed at the minute. Right, and you're you're, you're looking for work as well, are you? Uh, I've just literally started my new job. Oh, you started a job? Oh, fantastic. Well, you started this week? Uh, yeah, I've got an apprenticeship that I'll start on Saturday. Oh, brilliant. Doing what? Uh, working in McDonald's. Beautiful. Well, best of luck with that. That's that's fantastic news. Um, Thank you very much. No, congratulations. Oh, here. Yeah, and, and, and I'm guessing that, that you wouldn't have been able to do that if you hadn't had a base, you know, if you hadn't had, uh, had, had a home, you know, provided by the YMCA. If I wasn't here at the YMCA, I probably wouldn't have a job, honestly. Mm. Uh, when you hear that no the council... gives you the kick-up to go get one. Yeah. He's going to go and get one. When you hear that the council are going to, um, well, completely withdraw their funding to the YMCA, it means that people like you, you, wouldn't have been able to find somewhere to live. I think it's absolutely disgusting. People shouldn't have to pay ridiculous amounts of money because they're homeless. They're homeless, they don't have the money. Sophie, uh, do you know how, how, is it, how it's going to affect you? Have, have, have you spoken to the YMCA? Because I'm guessing it's going to affect all of the residents that are in places already. The ones that are in the hostel now, well, when the rents go up, uh, would probably be in their own flats, but they're going to their flats start paying the bills they've got to pay, managing it off their wages or the benefits, and then, boom, they're going to get sent a big debt letter mm. saying their rent's going up, and they're not going to be able to manage that on the wages they've got coming in. Mm. So it just, it, 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 there's a chance it might just repeat the problem, that, that you know, like you, they'll you found yourself in debt. debt. And they'll end up back at the YMCA hostel doors saying, I can't afford to live. Sophie, um, let's keep in touch and let's see how things 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 pan out. Um, well done having somewhere to live. Congratulations on your new job. I hope it goes well. Thank you very much and enjoy the rest of your day. I'm going to have a great day. I've got my two boys today. Um, I say I'm going to have a great day. They're going to be hard work, but we're going to we're going to have a lot of fun. Sophie, nice to talk to you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Bye. Bye bye. There we go. Sophie Jackson. Oh three four five nine four double five five double five. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Um, have we got any... Uh, Look. Sorry? Hello? What? What? what, what? Who are you, you got what? Gone. Who's gone? Sophie. Oh, she was good, but she was nice. Uh, Ray's in Luton. Morning, Ray. Morning, Ian. How are you? Is that your real voice? Hi. Is that your real dog? 
One minute, yeah. One minute, yeah. What? Is that your real echo? No, I've t- just turned my radio off. Can here. you turn the dog off? <laughs> yeah, he's all Is right. that your real wife? I've just put the wife out. I'm feeding the dog. Put the wife out, feed the dog. Sounds perfect to me, Ray. What have you got for us, boss? I wanted to talk to Matty. Why? Because I've got, I want some urgent information from Matty. Is he still in bed? Matt, you mean Matt from Matt from Luton? Yeah, yeah, Margaret's Matty. Is he a mate of yours? Yeah. Well, why don't you phone him up then and call, talk to him on your dollar instead of on mine? His number. I've got, I've got his number. All right. But just this once, all right. We're not like an old people's, you know, message. We're not like old grinder for old people. Are you going to ring him for me then? Ask very, very nicely. Please. Matt, speak to your mate. Keep it short, so I'm right. paying for this. Hello, Ray. Hello, mate. How are you doing, mate? To him. If he come over to see us in the club, he'd realise how fit we were. Ooh. Is it better? Yes. Is it? I'll get up there, Ray. Yeah, when I, when I get a minute, when, when Sylvia's free. Yes. But you know Sylvia and you don't you? I know, I know, right? I know you told me last week. Yeah. How is she, by the way? Is she all right? Yeah, it's yeah. yeah. But uh, are you all right, Ray? I've got... I've, I've, I've had a hell of a... a, a two days, Matty. Yeah. yeah. But I've got air bubbles. I've got water bubbles coming up the drain pipe. Oh, yeah, a bit like Lee. I asked Lee, and he don't know no, anything. A bit like he, Lee. He's got, brain, he's got bubbles coming out of his slamming ears. <laughs> <laughs> he said, and he let me talk to you this one. That's great. He really is a nice bloke, you know. Right, we, we shouldn't slag him. He's quite a nice guy. We should allow him to come into our pool team, you know. Yeah, we should do, shouldn't we? Yeah. yeah, but he's no good because he wouldn't be any good. He wouldn't be skillful like we are. I had no, to. Uh, I had to um, give him all, all my secrets, you know. To oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a nosy bugger, right? You know what I mean? We... He said I can only let you talk to him this once. He said. Yeah, well, it's very good of him, really. We 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 should appreciate it, Ray. It saves he... us a uh, farm bill, doesn't it? He said Matt, Matt is a, 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 a very important bloke. He said, I can't just let anybody talk to him. No, 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 no. And he's a bit of a, uh, a bull. Was that a bull, was it? A bull smeller. Is he having a cup of coffee now? Well, yes, yes. we're on here. I'm just getting up now. I'm, I'm, I'm just getting, I'm going to the doctor's this morning. I fell off of the ladder about two weeks ago, Ray. Did you? Done me bloody back in, yeah. Really? But, I mean, it, it, it just, uh, it's just not getting better, so I'm going to go to the doctor this morning and check it out. Yeah, yeah. I'll get a few painkillers, and I'll take some round to Ian Lee. He, he could do it a few painkillers. Daytime friends and nighttime lovers yeah. Helping no one else discovers What's going on between Matt and Ray in Luton Daytime friends and nighttime lovers 
does. I think Matt said he sniffs balls. I'm sure that was part of the conversation. I wasn't really listening. It was dull. And nighttime lovers, that was the most boring bit of radio I've ever had the misfortune to be forced to listen to. Matt and Ray are really boring. I'm hoping no one else was listening. It was the dullest thing I've ever had to listen to today. Travel news for beds, hearts and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M1 southbound, there's been a five-vehicle accident between Junction 14 for Milton Keynes and 13 for Bedford, so it's down to one lane in that stretch, and it's also causing a delay back from Junction 15, which is also, uh, there's a separate vehicle fire between Junction 15 and 14 in the queues. On the M1 southbound between Junction 10 for Luton Airport and 9 for Redbourne, it's also looking busy in that stretch, and the M25 is very slow anti-clockwise from Junction 20 for Kings Langley to 15 for the M4. On the A41 southbound in Hemel Hempstead, it's slow from the Hemel Hempstead turn-off towards the M25. 25. And in Watford on Beach and Grove, it's very busy at Escort Road. And the A10 in Enfield is slow southbound, approaching Cartouch Lane where the roadworks are, with delays back from the M25 at Junction 25 for Enfield. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts, and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. With the headlines, I'm Simon Oxley. Bedfordshire Police have been criticised in a report by a government watchdog and told to be more efficient. Chief Constable John Boucher says the report is simply further evidence that Beds Police requires further funding. The YMCA in Milton Keynes says it's struggling to help the increasing numbers turning up on its doorstep while it loses its council funding and four people have been led to safety by firefighters after a blaze at a house in Hoddesdon this morning. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Luton start life without skipper Steve McNulty at home to Leighton Orient tonight. McNulty has returned to the northwest for family reasons to join Tranmere. You know, they've started slowly off Saturday, but I thoroughly believe that they will go on and get promoted this year. And, you know, that was a hard thing, hard thing leaving, you know, when, when I do believe, you know, deep down at the Argonne promoted as well Elsewhere in League 2 Wickham could welcome back Sam Wood and Paul Hayes at home to bottom club Newport and Stevenage have signed former Sheffield United and Leeds midfielder Michael Tong ahead of their game at second place Portsmouth In the Championship Milton Keynes Stones travel to Huddersfield with manager Cole Robinson looking to build on Saturday's win against Blackburn What it does is it really allows us to catapult ourselves at the back of the international break now and to move forward into a very very productive week in Huddersfield away and QPR away <laughs> I think it's uh, it's going to be a very, very difficult four or five days, but we're, we've got to make sure that we're ready for it. And there's coverage of all tonight's games in Three Counties Sport from seven. Tonight in the Champions League, Arsenal host Bayern Munich, Chelsea are away to Dynamo Kiev. The fallout from Scotland's Rugby World Cup quarter-final defeat to Australia has continued after the sport's governing body, World Rugby, confirmed that referee Craig Joubert was wrong to award the late penalty on Sunday. More from Chris Jones. By running off the pitch, Joubert almost brought attention onto it and now World Rugby have come out and said it should have been a scrum, which is a staggering development because he's been totally thrown under the bus, Joubert. He's been told, look, you got that wrong, you cost Scotland a place in the World Cup semi-finals rather than World Rugby saying it was one of those decisions it was very, very borderline. Craig had judged that 
that Nick Phipps didn't intentionally play the ball, which meant John Welsh, the Scott, was offside. It's not a dreadful scandal of a decision, but the whole instance become a total mess by Jube running off the pitch and now World Rugby coming out and hanging him out to dry. BBC Three Counties News and Sports. The next full bulletin is at nine. This is Ian Lee on BBC Three Counties Radio. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Fastest fingers in... No, the tiniest fingers in the West. There's a voice that keeps on calling me Down the road, it's where I'll always be Stop, I make, I make a new friend Can't stay for long, just turn around and I'm gone again Maybe tomorrow I want to settle down Until tomorrow I'll just keep moving on Down this road that never seems to end When you adventure lies just around the bend So if you want to join me Grab your hat, come travel light, that's old style Maybe tomorrow I want to settle down Until tomorrow the whole world is my home So if you want to join me for a while Just grab your hat, come travel light, that's old style Maybe tomorrow I want to settle down Until tomorrow I'll just keep moving on Just keep moving on There's a world that's waiting to unfold A brand new tale no one has ever told We've journeyed far but you know it won't be long We're almost there and we've paid our fare with a hobo song Maybe tomorrow I wanna settle down Until tomorrow I'll just keep moving on wasn't ready, so I just need 30 seconds. I'm just doing something. Oh, yeah. Okay, I've decided we'll go to the Texas. Excellent. <laughs> Mark in Bedford. Morning, morning, Mark. Morning. My dad liked a pint of a lunchtime. After the pub one day, he saw a rat in the garden. Whoa. He grabbed his air rifle and shot at said rodent. Hey. He hadn't opened the French window. Oh, you me! I bet, I bet your mum went nuts. I bet she went absolutely nuts. If you've, well, um, you're so, okay, here we go. Um, ever tripped over in the garden? Ever run into um, your stories with closed windows and closed doors, and if you've ever 
fired a gun. 03459 555 is the telephone number. The show at 8.37 is starting to take off. These two need a slot on the show, says Wayne in Bedford of Ray and Matt. What? Oh, you're joke! You are kidding me! I mean, what was that call all about? It was so important to come to a it local was about radio station. Flipping heck! It was so boring. Mind you, he has got bubbles in his pipe. Jeez, I want it. Oh man, alive! It was awful. I, those guys need to be put out of their misery. No, I need to be put out of my misery after those guys. That's. Uh, <laughs> they nearly did put you out of your misery. It was getting close, yeah. very close. We've got a lovely comment from Ian from Bedford about the uh, travel report earlier on. Glad you enjoyed it. Thanks very much, Ian. Hey, nice one, Ian. Thank you, uh, idiot. And uh, three counties, dear all. When Ian Lee first appeared, I found him annoying. Then it graduated to mildly annoying. Now I laugh often. He takes a while, says Richard in Baldock. No, I'm saying, idiot. That's only because it's on my screen. You, you've, you've misunderstood. Ian, oh no, Ian from from Bedford did enjoy the travel yeah, report. He did. I'm he sorry, loved he, it. he called me. Loved it. He called me an idiot in the uh, the affectionate term yeah. of uh, you the massive word idiot. idiot. Sorry, Ian. Nice one, buddy. Uh, absolute pleasure. Absolute pleasure. Here's a suggestion um, from someone who never puts his name on his. Text. Is it a suggestion we can broadcast? Yeah. It's an interesting idea. Okay. It's something that maybe Ollie Martins hasn't thought of. Yeah. If they put speed limits on police cars, it would reduce fuel cost by 50%. Big oh, saving. Genius. Utter genius. And if they got, if those guys took in packed lunches instead of yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, going out and spending, then yeah. that would you just it would just save a few quid. Yeah. Hey, Dealey! Hey, boss, you need to tone it down. Sorry, boss? You keep saying, where's Dealey? What's he up to? Oh, I know exactly what you're up to. Oh, How yeah, long does it take to it? talk down these we, days? I referenced the film McVicar earlier on yeah. in the week. I'm referencing it again. It's an oblique reference. Only about a handful of you get it. But you, you've you been in the showers all morning. Well, yeah, I have been in the showers, <laughs> but I have been ready for quite a while. You know, you seem to think that talking to Ollie Martins is more important <laughs> than talking to men about what flavours they have. Let's uh, guess this is right. We are asking what flavours you have, and this is because I used a shower gel, a stolen shower gel, or a found shower gel in my local steam room. By the way, don't do that. You know what people do to shower gels to their so-called mates? What? Deep heat. Imac. Oh, come on. It might have been... Imac. Imac. No, Listen, it might have been a spiked shower gel. <laughs> my body is completely hairless, so Imac would have Whoa. no impact. Um... Uh, but I used some, and it, I thought, mm, this smells of like, I just smell, I thought, I smell of my childhood. It was the fruit salad sweeties, the pink and uh, yellow uh, uh, sweeties, which are delicious. Why would, you, why would you have a, it was like a Radox, why would you have a Radox that smells of sweeties from the 70s? It's stupid. Then you actually get one that, that um, like those flying saucers made out of cardboard with sherbet in they the middle. They don't smell of anything, what are you talking ah. about? I'm, I'm going to solve this for you right now. Please do, buddy. Because ladies, ladies like sweets. That's, that's true, fair play. They, they, <laughs> they, they, they do, uh, um, and ladies... Ladies love sweets and gentlemen love milkshake. <laughs> My milkshake brings all of the boys to the yard. It's really good. I put real ice cream in there. Oh, That's the secret. Oh, That's the yeah, secret. Yeah. Real ice cream. Daily, you taking yeah. it to the showers? Yes, I have. <laughs> yep. What? So, so, so Twice, as the first one didn't record, Apparently. allegedly. In, in the first hour of the programme, I, I was out of the building by five past six this morning. I went into the showers with the men for research purposes. We were sharing our shower gels together. Some yeah. very unusual flavours in there. I got back to the office <laughs> and unfortunately, for some reason, my microphone, when I plugged it in, was not working properly. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Best ending to a song ever. Hang on, here we go. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Sorry. So you went back to yeah, the I shower. Went, 
Well, no. No, I didn't actually, because oh. when, I, when I got there, they said, sorry, you're not going back in there again after what happened we've had, we've had a complaint. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there was a strange man in the showers <laughs> talking to us about our shower gels yes, and yes. their flavours. So um, what I did, I waited out the front for, for <laughs> men with, with bags. Well, you know, I thought well, there's got to be the odd bit of shower gel in there. Yeah. And I, I asked them about uh, their okay. flavour and the flavours they've been using. So here's what happened earlier on today. What's your flavour? Taking it to the street, dude. Jadon. Hashtag, what's your flavor? John, tell us about uh, tell us about your flavor. It's mint. Has it always been mint? Not always, no. No, no. not until I found out it tingles. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say it does tingle in certain places. Does that make you feel like a man? Does it make you feel alive? Makes you feel very fresh, yeah. yeah. You're not getting fresh from me, are you? No, I'm not. All right, mate. Just checking. Thanks. Thanks very much. Cheers. Morning, sir. Thanks for talking to me. Uh, they won't let me back in the uh, in the shower area after what happened earlier on. Um, I lost all of my audio, but anyway, listen, I'm not bitter. What's your flavour, geezer? Cucumber. <laughs> Cucumber. Now, now, when you get out your shower gel and there's lots of men around you and they can see that it's cucumber flavour, you must get a few weird looks. It's okay, I'm used to that. No, no, it happens a lot. I've got a thick skin. Why, why can't you use something like mint like most of the blokes around here? Why has it got to be cucumber? Don't like mint, don't like peppermint. Any, anything minty, big yeah. no. Cucumber's nice, it's refreshing. Wakes you up in the morning. Okay, I might just try that flavour. Thanks for your time. <laughs> morning, boss. Um, just a very quick question from the BBC. Nice baseball cap there. Um, what's your flavour? No what? Your flavour. Flavour? Mm. Of what? Shower gel. Hmm? No, I don't, I don't have shower gel. Sorry. Luke? You've got a swag about you this morning. You look like the sort of man that would use an exotic shower gel. What's your flavour, boss? It's lemon and rosemary. Oh, yeah, yes. Yes, yes. It's, pretty, it's pretty zingy, but at the same time, it reminds you of meat. So I like to smell like, you know... What? Yeah, it's got like a roast lamb slash, you know, fresh fruit. Hang on, when has lemon and rosemary ever smelt like meat? Well, you know, the rosemary reminds me of the lamb, like yeah. a roast lamb, and then the lemon, obviously, it's just lemon, so I like to mix it up. And you're being deadly serious about this, aren't you? You're um, not having me on. No, I'm 100% serious. I could actually show you the shower gels in my bag. Let me just get it. I would take a shower with you, but I'm, I'm not allowed in after what happened earlier. Oh, I was, really? Yeah, I lost my audio in the, in the shower oh, room earlier. Right. Look at that. Okay. See? No jokes. It's a, it's a serious business, Justin. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just so many levels. And this is the, it's an interesting point you make there, Just, right? Because mm, the mm. red sweetie flavour shower gel, right? So I smell yeah. the sweeties. You don't get, um, like, um, uh, like Radox essence of beef. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you're trying to subdue, isn't oh, it? Oh, you know, you don't, you don't get Clairol lamb. I you don't know. get meat smell. And yet meat, you can be honest. If you want, you can just wash in gravy. Well, you could do be better. a gravy wash. A, 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 do, do you know what? Lamb, roast lamb cooking, right? Yeah. Well, it's one of the best smells yeah, in the it's world. It's not a fresh smell, is it? It's not a clean smell. No, it's, a, it's, a, it's a good smell. If your armpits mm. smell like meat pies, it suggests you've forgotten your deodorant. Should uh, we do that for tomorrow? If you could smell like any piece of meat, which piece of meat would it be and why? Bacon. Yeah, bacon. So I wouldn't want to smell like bacon. Sausage for me. I would. Well, sausage sausage. Just don't smell, mate. They're, they're odourless. Everyone knows that. No, no, no but when, when they're cooking, I'm talking about, you know. There's, there's no smell of a sausage. Yes, there is. You get a lovely no. smell from a sausage. No, you don't. This is what you do. What are you talking about? Have you ever had a sausage? What? what you, I've had a, had a sausage two days ago. Sausages don't smell. Because they do. I've never smelled a sausage in my life. What does they it do. smell like? Uh, it smells of a sausage. Yeah, no, fair play. I'll give you that, actually. Yeah, nice one.
Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. There are delays on the M1. Southbound there was an accident earlier between Junction 14 for Milton Keynes and 13 for Bedford involving five vehicles, so that's causing it to be very slow. And the M1 northbound is reported to have a lane closed because of an accident at Junction 11 for Dunstable. On the M25 it's very slow anti-clockwise from Junction 20 for Kings Langley to 15 for the M4. And the A10 it's slow southbound in Enfield from uh, the M25 towards Cartage Lane where the roadworks are. It's busy in High Wycombe too. Amersham Hill is looking slow in both in two High Wycombe and the A40 London Road is looking busy in both directions. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you so much, Sammy. Thank you. Ay, 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 like your coconuts. Uh, Tuesday the 20th of October. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Bedfordshire Police have been criticised in a report by a government watchdog and told to be more efficient. The YMCA in Milton Keynes says it's struggling to help the increasing numbers turning up on its doorstep while it loses council funding. And the South African athlete Oscar Pistorius is spending his first day under house arrest after being released from prison for shooting his girlfriend four times. He spent a year in prison. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Some of us have a bit of cloud around at first this morning, others it is a little thinner, so some bright uh, weather first thing this morning, but eventually this cloud is going to thin and break and we should see some spells of sunshine this afternoon. It's a chilly start this morning, temperatures in single figures across all three counties, ranging between 5 and 7 Celsius. By the end of the afternoon we're looking at 14, maybe even 15, and in the sunshine, if you get it, it is going to feel quite pleasant. Overnight tonight, dry and clear at first, so the temperature is going to fall away fairly swiftly once the sun sets. So a chilly first half of the night and then some milder air being introduced from the west through the second part. Minimum temperature 7 Celsius for tomorrow. Uh, we will have a cloudy start as that milder air arrives and then some periods of rain throughout the day really from mid-morning onwards. Maximum temperature for tomorrow 13 Celsius and that's your forecast. Thank you very much. Terry is eating cake. Mmm, I am. He's eating, let's face it, a lot of cake because we're having a cake sale for BBC Children in Need. We all made cake. And I'm eating it. Anyone can have a cake sale at home, school or work. Which means you could be chomping on chocolate cake, feasting on flapjacks or delighting in the present Mrs Wogan's lemon drizzle. So put on a cake sale and make some money. Lemon drizzle's a euphemism, right? For your free fundraising pack, go to bbc.co.uk forward slash pudsy. I'm sorry, I have to just, I just, sorry, I just, I just, I can't hear a lame version like that. I have to hear something a little bit more rocking. I've just, I've just got to cleanse my, uh, my palate. Hang on one second. Here we go. Here we go. We can just cleanse our palate for a second. Here we go. <coughs> Nice out of tune guitars, that's what we want. Any ideas who this is? Is it my mum? It sounds ropey, doesn't it? Is it Debbie Harry? 
It's yeah, ladies and gentlemen, Blondie Flip performing it. Get It On Live. Debbie, go on, you they, were, uh, they weren't a good live band. Let's see when we get to the chorus. Hang on. The, the Blondie were not a particularly good live band. Um, I told you, I got the bargain of the century, all right? So the, the um, I'm not going to say which which one, because they will up their prices. There is a, a second, there is a charity shop near here that sells records way below market value. Yeah. Shh. And you'd think they would mark them up. Because they normally do in that shop. I think it's the lady that works there don't know what she's doing. Anyway, so I bought a load of Simon and Garfunkel albums for 99 pence each. I bought two. Right, and I was listening to Bridge Over Trouble Water. It's just such a wonderful album. It's just um, Baby Driver, fun. The Only Living Boy. Was it The Only Living Boy in New York? Is that what it's got? Oh, that song. You know, and I, was, I had my boys in bed and we were kind of reading and that came on. I said, boys, you've got to listen to this. And it, I'd been thinking about my dad recently and I had my boys there. And oh, I welled up. The Only Living Boy in New York. Oh, it's just the, the saddest song in the world. Anyway, I thought, well, do you know what? I fancy a bit more Simon and Garfunkel. The first couple of albums are rubbish. But after that, they get quite good. So I went on Amazon, thought, see if I can get a box set, right? 12 albums, 12 albums, Betsy, you know this. I've got 12 albums, right? All their albums, a mm. couple of greatest hits in there, yep. and uh, about three or four live albums, yeah. right? 12 CDs. Have a guess how much? £34.99. How the hell did you know that? Is it actually? It was £33.40. <laughs> £33.40 for 12 albums. You do the maths, that works out what? About That's about £2 an album. That's, that, is an, that is amazing, Andy, isn't it? That's amazing. The entire Simon and Garfunkel back catalogue has been reduced to £33.40. Very reasonable. Very, very reasonable? I'd say that's flipping amazing. Yes. To remind me, tomorrow, tomorrow we're going to play Baby Driver, because that's a great song, Baby Driver. Anyway, yeah, go on, Andy, what you got for us? I just wanted to say that I think we're going to miss Kelly a lot. Oh, are you, oh, are you going to do an obituary for us? We need to do this, because Kelly, <laughs> Kelly's got to make her own obituary package. What I need you to do, Andy, is I need you to talk about Kelly in the past tense, OK? Do you know what that means? I do, yes. All right, yes. away you go, boss. Kelly was a very bright and friendly um, member of staff who answered the phone in a very nice and beneficial way to the programme and we all appreciated her very much. It's Kelly Betts we're talking about. I know. Oh, yes. okay, you, you, you were talking about Kelly Betts. Sorry, I just couldn't, I just, none of that you said seemed to correlate with the Kelly Betts that I know and love. <laughs> can you add, a, Andy, can you do it, but this time with a bit more, a bit of passion? Because that was a little bit, well, Kelly used to answer the phones <laughs> and she was, give it with a bit of, give it, give it some passion, mate. Kelly was very bright and cheerful. And you're just saying the same person. words. You're saying the same words, but a little bit louder. <laughs> Catherine, you're... you're, you're can you a... say a little bit less sarcastic? <laughs> no, she's a lovely member of your team and will be missed. Oh, OK, that was rubbish. Thank, uh, Andy, was there, was, there, was there any point to it? Was that it? No, and you're, you're telling a porky about where she's going as well. Uh, no, I am. Um, well, Porky being the operative word, of course, because she will be dishing out the sausages at BBC Coventry and Warwickshire. Do you want gravy? No, that's nice. And um, if I go, if I'm going back, for, what's what's the dessert today? Chips. Any custard? Nope. Gravy. So, you got it. Amanda. Morning. Morning, Amanda. Sounds like she's at Brighton Beach. <laughs> I wish. Okay, what you got for us, Amanda? I've shot a gun. 
<laughs> I, I, do you know what? I could end it there. This is already the best conversation. Not making light of gun crime before some washed-up hack decides to make a story about me. Tell me, the, tell me what happened, Amanda. I was on a team-building exercise, gonna love them, in Cardiff, and we had to drive tanks and shoot guns. Brilliant. Whoa, hang on a second. Let's park the gun to one side. Let's clamber in that tank. You drove a tank? Drove a tank. Now, when you say you drove... Because you operate... You don't have steering wheel, do you? You have, you have levers, don't you, with a tank? I levers and buttons and, and big men telling you what to do. Um, oh, oh, do you know what? I, I, oh, flipping out. For some reason, I'm, getting, I'm feeling a little bit fruity on this. I want to get in that tank with you, Amanda. I want to see you pull them <laughs> levers and fire, them, fire the guns. Did you, did you actually steer it? I see, only a little bit. They only let you do a little bit because I think it's quite expensive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do, yeah. Oh, dear. Did you they fire? Only let you a, do a little bit. Did you fire a rocket at a German or a terrorist? No, unfortunately not. I, but I did fire. I did that thing, you know, where they go pull and they shoot at what's yeah. it called? A clay, clay pigeon. Clay yeah, shot it with a shotgun. Yeah, I've done that, mate. I did that with Jonathan Vernon Smith. That's nothing. That's nothing special. Don't, focus on the tank, Amanda. That's where it's at. Tanks, quad bikes, you name it, we, hey. we drive it. Well, you, you know what I need to say to that, Amanda. What? Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa! Honestly. Yes. Yes. Nope. Come on. Mate. That was uh, that was fun. I knew that was coming, and that made me fun. Do you know what I've driven? Um, you've driven me around the blooming bend. Fire engine. <laughs> yeah. Oh, tell us the fire. Oh, tomorrow, oh, ladies and gentlemen. And Justin, this is a great, great Vox for you tomorrow, Justin. What have you driven? Thank you, mate. Right. <laughs> Thank you. And that's tomorrow's phone. Doesn't Remind me. Fire engine. Yes. A digger, a tipper, and a hovercraft. Now, the hover. Can you still get the hovercraft to France? Because that used to be not the, that one that I was driving. That it's used to be difficult. the way to travel. You get the hovercraft at forty-five minutes. It was half noisy. Mm. Have you ever been in one? It was so noisy. They must have stopped that now. I can't believe that's safe well, with, with the rise of ISIS and Isn't stuff. Is it funny that it was supposed to be the the future? And how old-fashioned does it look? Yeah, yeah. Well, now we've got a tunnel. We've got a tunnel. And how's that tunnel going between? We've got the tunnel between England and France. How's the one between Ireland and America going? Has they made much progress on that recently? I think they're still working on it. Okay. Well, let's let's keep our fingers crossed that they sort that. Tomorrow's phone in, dear listener. Two phone-ins, and we, we, we need to focus on this. First one is, what have you driven? 03459 4555. I'm going to call now. I'm not bothered now. What I'm thinking about now is I'm going to go to the toilet and go home. Um, and also, we need to record, record um, uh, more obituaries for, um, for Kelly Betts. That's, what we, uh, that's where we need to go. Uh, John's on the line. Morning, John. Good morning. That was quick. Yeah, straight, straight to it, buddy. Straight, <laughs> I, I've worked out how to take the call straight to air. The radio station <laughs> is in trouble. If, <laughs> everyone's in trouble. Hovercraft, sir. Yes, boss. Isle of Wight, back to the mainland. They still run those. There's two or three of them run. How long does it take? Because they're fast, aren't they? I didn't go. Uh, we just watched them come in and out oh. when we was on holiday. So, still, how yeah. recently was this, John? Um, about eight months ago. Oh, blimey. Blimey. I don't think you can get them to France anymore, can you? No, I think they'd take that one in. It's a shame because they were, they were cheap. They were fast. They were just noisy. John, thank you for that. By the way, when I just said that uh, I've worked out how to take calls straight to air, um, uh, this noise went off in my boss's head. <laughs> Sorry, boss. It's the main reason I'm leaving. I'm not needed anymore. <laughs> well, you've only just realised. Yes, okay. Sheila. Good morning. Good morning, Shields. 
Um, I've driven a steamroller. <laughs> this is gold, this is gold, Catherine. This is gold. Yeah, but I thought you said we were waiting till tomorrow. With well, all this do, you, do you know what? Yeah. We've got we've got a minute to go. We might as well crack them all and, out. And, and can I just say, hovercraft? I've been on the hovercraft when it went from London up the Thames across to France or wherever. Up that the Thames. Hang on a minute. Yeah. It never went up the Thames to France. Yeah, because it had to go slowly down the Thames because of the waves. And it was either France or Belgium we went to. And did it do it regularly? Or was it just like a one-off, like the special for like the no, Queen or something? No, I think it was a service. And they used to the have... The Thames? Um, got, uh, they, they had blue and red, I think, the colours. You could get a scarf, you know, like the uh, airlines and all that sort of thing. Yeah, and you sat in sort of little rows. Sheila, uh, listen, I, 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 yeah, I remember sitting in the rows. It was so noisy. I've got to move on because we're coming to the end of the show and uh, all the players are coming out to play now. Big Dave, what you got for us? No, um, you'd say about the hovercraft of France. It started about ten years ago, roughly. Thanks very much for your call. So, and that, and that is why I love this job because I don't need to Google. I've, I've deleted Google from my computer. I don't need it because I've got this. No, hang on a minute, because I've got you guys calling in and answering my questions. Um, that's it. That's your lot. Bob's your uncle. Fanny's your aunt. We're finished for another day. Let's get the trav. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. There are delays on the M1 southbound because of a five-vehicle accident between Junction 14 for Milton Keynes and 13 for Bedford, so that's causing delays. But on the northbound M1, all the lanes have opened again at Junction 11 for Dunstable, where there was an accident earlier. On the M25, it's busy anti-clockwise from Junction 18 for Chorleywood to 15 for the M4. And it's also slow on the M40 into London from Junction 5 for Stoke and Church to 4 for the Highwycombe Handy Cross roundabouts. Nearby on the A41 Ridge Road in Aylesbury, it's very slow between the Oxford Road roundabout and the Walston Street roundabout and the speed sensors. It's also busy on the A507 westbound in Clophill from Shefford Road towards the A6 of Bedford Road and on the train to Park Towards there are no delays showing up at the moment. Smart the breath, BBC Three Counties Radio. Sammy, thank you very much indeed. Much appreciated. And I appreciate the fact that you, you know, sometimes you keep it short and sometimes I go all over the shop and we don't get to where you're going. Anyway, thank you. Hey, what's this walking into the studio before the show's finished? You know I like to wrap up on my own. Hurry up. I can't hurry up. I've got specific times I have Wait. to hit. Oh. All right, Kath, you think you're so clever, you end the show. Go to the red mic and do no, the talk out. Sorry? Are you utter, utter plumage? That's it, back tomorrow. Till six from us. Ta ta. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Ian. Good morning. Welcome to the JBS Show. I'm Jonathan Vernon-Smith. It's Tuesday, it's nine o'clock, and on today's big phone-in... Do you think we need a sugar tax in this country? Last year, the Chief Medical Officer, Dame Sally Davies, called for a sugar tax in this country to tackle obesity. Now, celebrity chef Jamie Oliver has told the Health Select Committee on Tax a tax on sugary drinks would be a good start. He says for 30 years the government has made life easy for companies who sell sugary products and they've made it hard for parents to make sensible decisions when planning weekly menus for themselves and their children. Well, I want to hear your thoughts on this this morning. Do you think we need a sugar tax in this country? Here's the telephone number for your call. For your view, it's 03459 555. This 
This is the JVS Show on BBC Three Counties Radio. I'll take your call in just a second, but first let's get the latest BBC News at nine o'clock with Simon Oxley. The headline speds police can be more efficient, say inspectors. Luton murder trial hears from accused man's girlfriend and Milton Keynes YMCA trying to cope without council funding. BBC Three Counties Radio. Bedfordshire police have been criticised in a report by a government watchdog. Her Majesty's Inspectorate of Constabulary says it requires improvement in various areas to make it more efficient. Chief Constable John Boucher says the report is simply further evidence that Beds Police requires further funding. But Zoe Billingham from HMIC says they can do better. What we're saying in this report about Bedfordshire Police, recognising the scale of the challenge, recognising the complexity of policing an area like uh, Luton is, is there is a bit more that Bedfordshire can do to become more efficient but we're not underestimating the scale of the challenge the force faces. A court has heard that a Luton man who fled the country after allegedly killing a 20-year-old in the town told his girlfriend he was a wanted man. Jason Nelson is accused of stabbing Jordan Maguire at his home in Marsh Farm. More from Jane Killick. Stephanie Palmer, a psychology student, told Luton Crown Court she had no idea Nelson was in trouble when he came to stay with her in Ipswich. But she says he changed his appearance by shaving his head and facial hair. Later he fled to Grenada and she kept in touch with him by phone. He told her he had had a tussle with someone and that person was now dead. He said he needed a pastor. Nelson denies murdering Jordan Maguire at Thrall's Close in Luton. He also denies sexual assault and rape. The case continues. 4,000 steel workers at Tata Steel's Scunthorpe plant are bracing themselves for heavy job losses. More than a quarter of the workforce is expected to be cut. An official announcement is expected this morning. Thousands of jobs have already gone in the UK steel industry in the past few weeks, with manufacturers pointing to a surge in cheap steel imports. Four people have been led to safety by firefighters after a blaze at a house in Hoddesdon this morning. Crews were called to Rye Road at around 6am to deal with the blaze in the garage. The South African athlete Oscar Pistorius is spending his first day under house arrest after being released from prison. He was jailed almost a year ago for killing his girlfriend, Reva Steenkamp. The YMCA in Milton Keynes, which offers housing to young homeless people, says it's struggling to help the increasing numbers turning up on its doorstep while it loses its council funding. The council say it 